Welcome in. It is Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark, glennclarkradio.com, alongside Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, our resident nerd here on uh, Jobbing Out. Which well, I, come on. We are both nerds. Okay, but there's, there's levels of nerddom that I feel like. like. I'm not saying I'm not a nerd. It's just that like I'm like you know kinda on the nerd scale, whereas you're you, a nerd wannabe is what you are. Yeah, you know that's probably true. Yeah, like I wish that I was as into all of the stuff, not all of the stuff, but some of the stuff that you're really into. I'd love to be able to live my life where like I could really geek out about Lucha Underground and have time every week to watch it instead of having to watch a kid. Yeah, yeah, eight hours a day. Yeah, last couple. So anyway, yeah, Aaron Oster's here from Baltimore Sun and the Rolling Stone. Uh, we got a great show ahead, uh, great guest, and kind of a, a cool local uh, connection to uh, our guest today is, I, I feel like when you're from Lancaster, you can kind of go either way. Lancaster, by the way. Right, Lancaster. That's a very good point. Lancaster. You can either sort of say you're like a Philly person, or you can claim yourself to be more connected to uh, to Baltimore and to Maryland in that way. I feel like it's, a, it's very much a... Um, uh, a battleground uh, area yeah. for the yep. like if you're you could be a Phillies fan you could be an Orioles fan you could be a Pirates fan you could be a Pirates fan sure um, but Adam Cole from Ring of Honor who is uh, one of the the brightest rising stars in all of professional wrestling a guy that has just such a huge future ahead it, of him. It, it, it's almost hard to say that he's a rising star well like, I mean he's accomplished a ton right. but yeah. hang on you, don't ever forget that you live in a world where like I understand this. that matters a lot and yeah. then to the average person. It doesn't matter a lot. I'm just so, saying, rising star might be selling him slightly short. I, I, I get, I understand what you're saying. I'm saying that considering the average person that listens to this show is still much more just a big WWE fan, they need to have it described. That plus the guy's only 25 years old. Let's not, which is amazing when you think it about is incredible. It. Everything he's done already, yeah. and he's only 25 years old. Yeah. Uh, former Ring of Honor champion and uh, healthy again, and, and back to regular competition. We're going to talk to him as Ring of Honor returns to Baltimore coming up here in July. And uh, also, there are some uh, reports out this week around the old uh, the old rags about some uh, heavy interest from the WWE. I feel like we've been hearing that for, for uh, like three years. It now. does feel that <laughs> way, right? Like it does feel that way. And so I don't know if these differ. The the three names that are brought up are him, uh, Lethal, and uh, our boy Moose, who was on the show a few weeks ago, a former Dematha guy. So uh, we'll talk to Adam Cole about all that a little bit later on. Uh, very uneven to say the best episode of Raw. On Monday night, we will talk about that a little bit later on. And I want to talk about The Rock going on Dan Patrick's show last Friday to promote his new HBO show and dropping bombs about things that had been discussed and apparently nearly happened, according to him, in his WWE past, including apparently a scenario where he was going to tag with former Baltimore Ravens linebacker Ray Lewis at a WrestleMania. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in today's show. Um, I don't know, because it's not just you. You weren't the only one that messaged me on Monday Night Aaron. I got messages from a few people that are uh, listeners and engaged with the show. And, of course, you can always get to us via the email, which is... Jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. Um, that said, Glenn, you're a terrible person. You are a terrible person. You are a horrible human being. What did you say over <laughs> and over again last week? Remind us what you said. What was it you wanted more than anything in the world? I just wanted to see some physical activity from Brock Lesnar. Yeah, and I what just... happened because of that? Because of you. Not because wait, wait, of you. Because whoa, whoa, of whoa. you. Wait a second. They listened to you. I appreciate that you think that I have that power for First of all, I do appreciate that. And I would assume that WWE does. It's funny you bring that up, Aaron, because years ago on my other my sports show, I was convinced that Buck Showalter, the manager of the Orioles, had to be listening because it seemed like every time I made a, a suggestion 
about a lineup or a roster move, the next day it happened. I was like, well, told you. Listens every day. So it wouldn't surprise me if the suits in Connecticut were also listening to the show every week to, to see what it is they of should course. be doing. They did what I wanted them to do. And I don't know how much more they had to pay Brock Lesnar to get physical on this week's episode. And I know the cost, and we'll get to it in a second. But I will stand by this. It was awesome. It was awesome to see Brock Lesnar actually do something, especially when you had made up in your mind that you're not going to be seeing any of that from Brock Lesnar. When you, the, the Monday before WrestleMania, can't get any physical contact from Brock Lesnar, you're convinced that means, right. it, well, if you were ever going to get it, it's going to be tonight. You're not going to save it for a battleground setup in a week. That's not the way it's going to go. So when you don't expect it to get physical ass-kicking Brock Lesnar, at least for a couple of minutes before it uh, turned around a little bit, um, you are very excited to get it. Now, <laughs> now, I understand nobody's up, uh, happy that Jamie Noble got hurt. I love Jamie Noble. We, we both have gone – we have expressed our love for Jan J. You security. wanted Jamie Noble to get hurt, didn't you? Just yeah, that's exactly it. what it was. I, I, <laughs> I'm more of a Mercury guy. It's time for him to finally go over. Um, no, that sucked. It sucked to see that Jamie Noble got hurt. I, I don't know how you read too much into it. I want to see Brock Lesnar kick ass. I don't want to see Jamie Noble get hurt. Can both of those things happen? Like, I mean, yes, they can happen. But, and it was a fluke injury. This wasn't, you know, I, I've heard some people say, oh, clearly Brock Lesnar's reckless. No, Brock Lesnar's not reckless. It was a fluke injury. It happened. And Noble it just has, really, really sucks. has a history of... Of in, I mean, injuries, injury, frankly, yeah. cut down his career. Yeah, no, it, Sheamus ended his his right. uh, career by knocking him out of the ring and get, having that back injury. Um, so it sucks. It sucks. Now, just to handle this, I really hope that he, I know. Bro- oh, God, broken ribs hurt so. Three broken ribs. So much. Yeah. Because you can't do anything about yeah. it. You just have to let them heal. Like there's no. It's your ribs, you know what I mean? Like, anybody who's ever been through a rib injury knows. It's just, it's brutal. I hope that that he's able to, the wrong word is gut it out, because I, if he's that hurt, I don't want him to go out and try to do anything. I hope he's able to still go on the road and tour and be on television in some capacity. And maybe it's not in the ring. Maybe it's a lot to, and for a live TV show right. to ask him to go down to the ring. But to still be able to do backstage vignettes. I, 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 the hardest thing is just going to be him traveling. Yeah, that's like, tough. Like, that, like getting that's on a the plane thing. is... He might be able to walk around. He might be able to, to do a backstage vignette or whatever. Yeah, when you have a rib injury and you cough, it is yeah. death. Like, if you're telling him to fly around the country, uh, that's yeah, not the best it's, idea. It's going to be tough. It, it sucks. It just sucks. It I agree sucks. with you. It sucks. And I don't know what you can do about it. There have been suggestions about having somebody else fill the other J role with J and Jimmy J. Jacobs. J and JJ Security. <laughs> J and JJ Security. And yeah. then you get the Age of the Fall reunion there. Um, I had suggested John Morrison. I did not realize that John Johnny Morrison Mundo. Was, yeah, was so successful on Lucha Underground, so I felt like kind of an ass. Are there any other J names that could fit? Maybe Jack Swagger could move into this role. There we You're go. not doing anything else with him. Jack Swagger. Yeah. Uh, Jer- Jeremiah from the last season of Tough Enough. Jesus, you are a nerd. <laughs> you are such a nerd. How do you remember that? Oh, well, I, I, I just watched the last What about one. Jazz? What's Jazz yeah, doing? What's Jazz doing? Uh, Jackie Gata? Is she a Jackie Gata. Uh, That's a good question. She's actually kind of tough. Like, <laughs> I don't know that I would want to mess with the <laughs> Jay and Jackie security. I don't think that would be very good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I'm saying. It sucks. It sucks because they've been such a consistently great part of the, the – 
in a, in a stretch where programming has been so uneven for the WWE for what I want to say the last year, whenever Brock Lesnar's not been around. Pretty much. I mean, there's been good programming when Brock's there, and then not. Well, I, very... I mean, let, let's be fair. As as the past two months have all been pretty solid. They've been okay. They've been they, better. They've been solid. They've been better. The, yeah. This is the first show that I can. Well, this was. This, this is the first <sighs> show since probably February. I can think of and be like, uh, this wasn't a good show, episode overall. Like they've been uh, not excellent, but they've been good for the most part. They've been okay. I I, I don't know. I'd still call them uneven, largely. But J&J was a bankable commodity. You yes. knew that whatever you are getting from them, it was going to be good because they were sold into their characters. They were so unconcerned about you know, these, these things that JR talks about. That be, if you're going to be a heel, you have to be cool. They were so unconcerned about that and so much more willing to be these stooges. And it may be dangerous because it made them more likable, and you don't want that from a, from a heel, but... Oh, they were so perfect in this role, so it's, it sucks to see this. Now, all that being said, we wanted to start today by talking about the fallout from, from Monday night, and particularly related to the main event, Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins, because there's a couple of interesting things that went on, uh, dynamic of these characters. One, I'll start with Seth, all right? Predictably, you have Seth crawl back to the authority and ask for forgiveness when forced to, but more just crawl back and say, like, hey, guys, please, we're, we're still please. cool. We're still yeah. cool, right? <laughs> um, I, didn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't no, hate it was, that part. I it, thought it, it made was... perfect sense for his character. He, right. he, you know, all the vignettes, I thought, were perfectly done. You know, still have his real cockiness there. You know, he was scared, but he was still oh, very self-confident, very Maybe how about an apology? Oh, you think they'd apologize to me? Because that would be great. Yeah. Like, yeah. that was a really Stuff good... Stuff like that, or, you know... I don't need you guys, but you know, let's get the band back together. Right, you know, right. it, and, and I think that was an important part because so often when they do stuff like that, it makes the the in this case the champion look completely incredible. It, it just makes him look like a loser. And they were able to do it, and he was able to do it in a way where you're so like, okay, this is Seth Rollins. This is Seth Rollins who knows how to do it. Who he is, absolutely. But you know, he wants that backup because you know, just like Triple H wanted that backup. You know, he is his he's the protege now of Triple H. So just like Triple H always wanted Evolution, always wanted DX in this corner, he could, he might be able to do it by himself, but he always has that quote unquote Plan B. No doubt, no doubt, and I think that was handled really well. I, you know, there's a question of. Have you built Seth to the point where he can be considered a credible threat and opponent to Brock Lesnar? I don't know. But is the authority as a whole a credible threat and a credible opponent, which you know would they built on as the match went or as the night went on, and we'll talk about it in a second, that that's more of a there's at least some thought in your mind right. that maybe really with the entire authority there, Seth could beat yeah, Brock Lesnar. You, you, you can stack the deck enough against Brock Lesnar to make Seth Rollins credible, which right. is fine. Right, but you're not. It's not him. If you, it, if the two of them were no, alone, it's, it's the situation. Right, it's which the, is what you do, which is what you should do for the type of champion Seth Rollins is. Correct. You want him to be credible enough that he's not. You know, you don't want him to be someone who just who cannot possibly win without it. Which is why I thought that mat, that latter match was important because he did win uh, against Dean Ambrose. So he can win on his own, but at the same time, he's going to use every shortcut he can. And when it comes to an unstoppable monster like Brock Lesnar, he's smart enough to know how to stack the deck. Absolutely. All of that, to me, works. The flip side is what they did with Brock Lesnar. And this, to me, was 
curious all night. There, there was there was a couple factors for it, and and you know you can see where they're going. They want Brock Lesnar to be a face, right? But it almost felt like they were calling their shots here. Like it, this almost it, uh, felt like you might as well just flash something on the screen, like Brock's a good guy now, like him. Well, it's 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 part of the problem that they feel for whatever reason they feel that a face always has to be vulnerable for whatever reason, and and there is reasons well, I mean, for that, you right? Know. There, there are reasons for it, usually. Brock Lesnar is an exception, though. And, Brock Lesnar does not sh- fit any trope in you, professional you, you, wrestling. You shouldn't want him to... I mean, I don't know any trope, but he's definitely unique. I mean, and, and you don't... You, basically, you don't want the normal vulnerable face. Can he overcome the odds when it's Brock Lesnar? And they seemed intent on presenting that. And... You know, it's hard to do both. You you want well, the answer to every question involving Brock Lesnar is Brock Lesnar. Yeah, Brock Lesnar, that's, and that's that's why they could not leave alone the idea of we can just let Brock Lesnar be a face because he's facing Seth Rollins and nobody likes Seth Rollins, and, and he's getting cheers and people want to see him destroy and, people, and he's an ass kicker, yeah. and he's the best part of every show. If if you've watched WWE in the last two years, you know that the show is ten times better when it involves Brock Lesnar. And that alone should have been enough that you could have brought him back as a heel or a face and not have to throw it in everyone's faces, uh, right. pun intended. Instead, you start the show. Now, look, I get it. Because you failed to do it last week, you, you have, have to, to address. address the way that he left WWE programming. But the way that they did it was so bad. I, I will not be able to get the Brock Lesnar giving Michael Cole a noogie image out of my head. It it makes him look like a clown. It makes him it, – it's just bad. I don't know what optic they thought they were getting from that. Like, it's it, it's terrible. That's something you can get away with with John Cena because we know John Cena's a clown. Right. He shows up in clown colors right. every week. That's his character. But for your unstoppable force, for your crazy – Right. You know, unhinged n- maniac to be giving Michael Cole a noogie? That doesn't work. I, I'll for me. say I did like most of that segment. I liked, I, I liked the. Uh, it, it was just a small thing, but as as Heyman was like, he's like he was told he needs to apologize. Brock got this little smirk on his face. I thought the smirk was great. Uh, that's fine. As, as someone said, whenever Brock smiles, something bad's about to happen. And, I, I thought that, but, and, and then I thought I thought him going up to the announce table and Michael Cole. Apologizing for getting F fived. Right. I thought that, I thought that yeah. was phenomenal. That's pretty good. You're right. That is but, pretty good. But yeah, you're right. They it, it should have ended with a handshake. It shouldn't have gone. But as I don't far think it should have ever gotten that far. If you wanted to do the apology thing, I think it's as, as simple as saying we came to an agreement. I'll handle it for him. Brock shouldn't have gone after the guys that had nothing to do with it. Now, all that being said, don't get in Brock's way. You know what? You like that? Yeah. You, you yeah. Re- rebuild. This guy is an ass kicker. Yes. That's what he – he is the one in 21 and 1. He is the conquering, reigning, soon to be – I mean, he's yes. all of those yes. things. And going the route of Noogie does – A little lot. It little does odd. nothing for that other than it now gives you this thing. There are certain things that we can never escape from, right, that really weren't that big of a deal. Like they, in wrestling, you just sort of never forget. Like you'll never forget the hand with Mark Henry. You just won't. Yes. Mark Henry can do all these things. He can win championships. He can have this amazing retirement He has sexual moment. chocolate who had a hand with he May Young. He had a hand with May Young. Yes. And whatever you got out of it for that moment, that has lingered on with that Correct. character forever. 
and in some way has affected your ability to really reach certain levels with that guy. Because no matter what, he's still a hand, hand guy. I don't think it's that thick. I, I hope really it's don't. not. I don't I just, think it is. Well, I, okay, it's not hand. You're right about that. And it's not Katie Fick and, or anything and like I, that. And I don't think it's something, I don't think it's something we're going to be remembering. In I hear months. you saying that, man, but I don't. It's a really bad optic. It's a bad optic, but it's such a throwaway optic. But a lot well. of things were supposed to be throwaway optics that we have not escaped. That, now, maybe it's just smarks, but we do not escape things well when they are very poor optics. We just can't forget them. There are things that there are optics that seem cheesy that end up being really cool. Kurt Angle spraying down on a, a, a ring with milk was this but cheesy you knew, optic. You, kn- you knew that that, that was going to live was in the greatest, replace. It, it that was, was going to live in replace forever. The thing is, it, it wasn't that good of an optic. That It's not something that will ever be but replaced. It was che- this, yeah, on, this on Monday yes. night, but that's my point. My point is, it sort of lives in infamy. What I'm saying is, the angle, op- the angle thing was cheesy, but brilliant. Right. This I, was I'm just cheesy saying, most, most and just these, cheese. Most of these moments that we remember that go down in inf- infamy are usually... Big enough moments that are warranted. They get replays later on. As stupid as they are, so, you know, they get brought up again. This isn't one of those oh, moments, no, I man. don't think. Do we really bring up Katie Vick on programming much? Yes. We, we on heard, programming? Yes. They, Katie Vick got brought up like three months ago. Yeah, they brought – okay, randomly they'll throw it in for like – the Smarks will remember it. They don't like show Katie, it Katie Vick, Katie Vick was also a four-week storyline. <laughs> Katie yeah, goes all. If now you're right, if if he comes out and starts nugging Michael Cole every time he sees him, yeah, that's a problem. But I think as one throwaway thing, all right, fine, whatever. All right, now it leads to the end of the show, where Brock comes back out as Seth's having this moment with the Authority, and Brock for some reason has stuck around all night, which again. Okay. Did, did, why? Did they ever give an explanation as want, to why? Do you want it to beat up Seth Rollins? Okay. Why okay. couldn't he have done that at the beginning of the show? Because Seth Rollins wasn't out at the beginning of the show. And you can't beat him up backstage. He's, he's somewhere. <laughs> you can't beat him up backstage. No, it's a little thing to me, Aaron. This is a little thing that they don't do that bothers me. Give me a reason why Brock stuck around the entire night. Because, because this comes off Because he wanted to humiliate Seth Rollins in front of the entire audience. You've got to sell that to me. You, you have to sell that to me at some point. You, you got to give me an explanation behind that. Paul's got to say that. Somebody's got to say, we're not going anywhere tonight because, Seth, we want you to remember that we're going to be here. That there's, It can't just be that they exit stage left at the beginning of the first segment and they just happen to be hanging out backstage. At, well, they, they showed him a few times hanging out but backstage. They, do, but not, they, there was no explanation to it. I, I feel like the Cole will try to say, oh, maybe he's waiting for Seth Rollins or something. Like, I, they, they I, you gotta, to. They got, this is a fundamental flaw that they have that bothers the hell out of me, which is it's so little. It's so little to write into the script something along the lines of, hey, Seth, don't forget – we're here tonight, and right. we've got business with you. Right. It, it's so small. It does not take anything to put that in so that it's not just this awkward, well, here's Brock hanging out. Again, Brock is supposed to be the biggest badass of all time, and he's just hanging out backstage, just chatting? You really think that's something that Brock Lesnar in this character would be doing, just chatting backstage? Well, come on, he's talking to Paul Heyman. Oh. Probably talking about maybe he's wait- hey, maybe he's waiting for his Jimmy Johns. Ever think about that? <laughs> you know, maybe he is. <laughs> no, because uh, Jimmy Johns is, is far too fast for him to still be waiting that, that, for. That's it. true. Yeah, that's I have a ten-speed bike. Um, all right, so that's and that's an issue I have. Is Whatever. One, 
No, no, no. You want to say whatever. You want to say whatever. Now you sound like AJ. Now you sound like. I, I don't think it's. I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, if you're questioning why a wrestler. But I think it all goes into. You know why? Because Bill Watts is around, and he, Bill Watts says you're not allowed to leave the arena and, until is, the last bell my, rings. My issue is these are the little things that all go into making it a poor show. That it, it's one thing if. If the show just sort of doesn't come off right, but it's little things that don't even make it a decent wrestling show, more enough a good Raw. Um, now, all that being said, you bring Brock Lesnar back out at the end of the night, he confronts Seth Rollins, and then something weird happens. Yeah, um, something we haven't seen in, yeah. since Undertaker, really. So he, the, the authority clears the ring in this moment where it looks like they're abandoning Seth again. Right. Then, from behind, they attack Brock Lesnar. Then you have Brock Lesnar decimate them for a little while, which is when... Jamie Noble got hurt, Correct. but that's not the, the end of the story. the numbers game came back and by him. And this is a big deal. This is the first time since The Undertaker, really since Undertaker, I believe, chokeslammed him through a table. Uh, there might have been another moment in that feud where Undertaker left Brock Lesnar lying. But that was the first time we've seen Brock Lesnar left lying outside of a match since that Undertaker feud. You know, John Cena never left him lying. He might have gotten an advantage on him, but it was an advantage that, you know, Brock Lesnar rolled out of the ring and he stayed, you know, he got the, the pose down of Brock standing and Cena standing uh, with Seth Rollins and Cena. With Roman Reigns, obviously, they never got physical with one another. We do not see Brock Lesnar left lying outside of a match. Back. And, and that was a strategic point. Brock Lesnar is the ass kicker. Brock Lesnar is the unstoppable machine. All of a sudden, Brock Lesnar's not necessarily the unstoppable machine anymore. And which leaves the question, if he's not an unstoppable machine, what is he? I, I, I don't want to say this is a huge – I don't want to say this is like, oh, my God, this kills Brock Lesnar. But it's a very curious decision. And clearly part of it was to establish, okay, he's a face, which means he has to be at least somewhat of an underdog at some point. At least according to WWE logic, clearly that was the idea of it. I just don't know if it was perfectly executed. I, I agree. I think that at some point you have to do something with Brock to create some level of credible threat. And, you know, one is, okay, the numbers game. But even if you, you know, make the numbers game, even if you have the authority side back up with Seth Rollins, is that really enough to convince everyone that, that they're going to be able to beat? Brock Lesnar is unbeatable, right? So... Does this help in that moment by making it seem right. like, hey, if he's got three other guys on his side, maybe Seth Rollins can beat Brock Lesnar because, look, Kane was able to lay him out with a... a, a yeah, a, if Kane and J.B. Noble and Seth Rollins, or not J.B., Joey yeah, Joe Mercury, Mercury right. all work together, then they have a chance of possibly stealing something. Here. Correct. And so I, it's a tough line to walk because I'm with you. I, I didn't like it at first, but is it imperative in storytelling? Yeah. And, and like I said, you wanted to make Seth Rollins credible. I wonder if, if the full – like the show ended with Brock Lesnar on his back. I, I wonder if that's the right visual there. I wonder I, – I, I hear what yeah. you're saying. I hear that looks a little bit more that's, – that's more than just making it a credible threat. That's now making him look weak. Um, and, and the word you used was vulnerable, which is something that they like doing with faces, that faces have to be vulnerable, that that inspires you to get behind them. And that goes back to the first problem I had, which is that you shouldn't have had to have told us that Brock Lesnar is a face. You shouldn't have had to go this far to try to sell the idea of Brock Lesnar being a face. That, look, he's, you, know, you have to root for him because 
he's vulnerable. He's at a disadvantage. He's facing four to one odds, and he's going to have to try to overcome them. That shouldn't be necessary with Brock Lesnar. You should be able to just let us enjoy Brock Lesnar because he's Brock by God Lesnar. That should be enough. And if it's not enough, it should be enough that he's Brock by God Lesnar facing Seth Rollins. Yes. And we don't like Seth Rollins. We don't like Seth Rollins. Because you have made him, unlike a lot of people, a very credible heel. Yes. That there's no he's, possible he scenario. Is, he's done what I thought might have been impossible. He's an indie darling who got a vast majority of the crowd, including the, the indie fans, to right. boo him. Correct. He, yes. is, he is a remarkable heel. That's every. Everybody's on board with Seth Rollins as a heel. Yes. Everyone is. No, I mean... So just Brock Lesnar facing Lesner Seth Rollins... Came, Brock Lesnar came out last week, and because it was Brock Lesnar and because it was Seth Rollins, he got cheered. Correct. He got the pops. Correct. And that's the point. The point is, it shouldn't be that y- you need reason or justification to s- side with Brock Lesnar as much as you want to see Seth Rollins get his comeuppance. That, that makes you love the guy that's trying to give it to him because he deserves to get it. So I, I'm, I'm not... I'm not thrilled with the way that it ended. I, I think you do a little bit of building, you know, credibility for for the authority and the possibility they could beat Brock Lesnar, and so that's not the end of the world. But did did you in the process make Lesnar too vulnerable and make it more difficult to rebuild, or to remind people that he is the the threat and the the reigning conquering right. All of I those mean, to, to be fair, he'll probably come out in two weeks and absolutely destroy people. Probably. Yeah. Probably. There's a couple things going on. Uh, real quick before we, we grab a break here. One, um, you know, when we were talking about these WWE Network specials last week and how we wanted to – like, hey, they can't really go five weeks. Somehow we completely forgot that there's the they were going to Japan in the, yeah. in the middle of there. Now, it's a little bit different because they're it's doing it at five, 7.30 in the morning. 5.30. It's 5.30? 5.30. Oh, that's terrible. That's really awful. Yeah, it's on the network. You can't set your DVR for that. It's on the network. But you can't set a DVR for that. Because it's going to be... You're saying that it'll be immediately available yeah, afterwards. Immediate, that's a good point. It's okay, immediately so available. Can, no, no, no. That's a good point. All right, I, get, I get what you're saying. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't think this is something that's going to be live. Or, you know, expected people to watch live. Right. It's, it's going to be a fun show. It'll be a fun show, but it is. it does matter that Brock Lesnar is wrestling a match. Yes. You don't get to see many of those. Which is why you have to buy the network. For nine ninety nine, I mean, right? I, 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 that's a good point. We're not, they're not paying us. Uh, <laughs> but my, my point being is, is it important to have Brock do a lot? Is part of the reason why he had him get physical this week because you're trying to sell Japan? Is, is that part no. of the reason? Are you sure? Uh, I think that if they were really trying, the Japan is in a week and a half. It's on July fifth. If they were, and that's but, something I, I wait, want. It's on July fourth. Isn't it? Well, fourth in Japan, fifth here, or whatever it is. It, it's it's Sunday morning. It's the f- right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh. But whatever. Where was I going with this? Just I only bring that up because for a company that does everything they can to be patriotic, like in Japan on the fourth of July. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, that just happened to be when their summer tour well, was. I, they, I they, hear they you. It's just it's anyways, a little strange. Um. For. These network specials where they, they've at least mentioned – they barely mentioned it. They had the one commercial, the Beast in the East, which, by the way, would be a, have been a great in-your-house name. <laughs> like, like it, it literally sounds like in-your-house, the Beast from the East. Um, no, it's on July 4th. Really? I, yeah. I, I didn't think it uh, – It's it, on July 4th, which is crazy. I mean, um, I, look, whatever. I, mean, whatever. I get it, but it's still weird. Dude, on July – their yeah. July 4th shows, they try to like yeah. – um, They're not going to be able to do that at the sumo hall. 
Sumo Hall's a cool. Uh, I think it's a cool venue for it. It's, way, it's right? a great. I mean, it's it's a very historic venue. It's a very cool wrestling place. Um, it should be a fun show. I don't, and I think that he, what what you're saying, if if they were really trying to sell the show, they would have done something this week. They didn't do anything this week. They mentioned it once in a 30 second clip. Um, I hear you. They they should be. You know, NXT's building it more than WWE is right now. No, like they, they, Kevin they make Owens, the Owens, Finn Balor, Balor, and you have Hideo Itami, which is a big deal, obviously. Although Itami, I'm sure he'll show up, but he's not wrestling. He, he will be there. There yeah. is no question yeah. whether or not he'll be there. He's, he's not wrestling, though. That's fine, but, I mean, they're not they, – they're, they're advertising him for the show because right. he's Hideo Itami. You have to right. do that. I, um, I guess the other thought to all this is – and we, we did our own fantasy booking for SummerSlam last week. How much of the thought into what you're doing right now is thinking ahead to SummerSlam? And what what are you building for at SummerSlam now? And that's the the one thing I still don't know that I have an answer for with, with Brock. Are you building for Brock Rollins 2? We don't know. Are, 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 <laughs> we, don't, we just don't know right now. It's still... And to be fair, it's still over four weeks until even Battlegrounds, so you have to get there first. So, you know, he's, he's been around twice. If we knew exactly what they're doing for SummerSlam after he showed up twice, then I think they're doing a disservice. I, I guess why pull the trigger on having him be involved in this physical confrontation so quickly? That's the question. And the, question, and the answer, unfortunately might be is that it's the end of the month they're trying to, to get subscriptions for July. Okay, or that he might not be on TV. You know, you know, there's a possibility. Well, no, we we know he's he's definitely on every Raw, uh, except for next week in DC. See, so there's your answer. That's why you got to do it this week. You got to do it this week because he's not there next week, and that also leads into the J- Japan show. But we don't. I mean, does it lead into the Japan show? But it's just the last time you're going to see him on TV before the Japan show. It's Is, one opportunity for right. him to do something right. before Japan. That's right. my only thought there. Right. All right, let's grab a break. When we come back in, we'll go over the rest of uh, Raw, which... There, there's a couple interesting things I think we at least have it to talk about. It was rough. It was rough. It, it was bad. It was rough. It was bad. We will deal with it when we come back in. Everything brought to you by WrestleCrate. you got to make sure that you are on board for WrestleCrate. I keep seeing them tweeting about the invasion. Do you know what that's all about? Do you, uh, you know anything, anything to that yet? Oh, you don't even have the inside scoop on that yet. At WrestleCrates. On Twitter, a lot of uh, you know that, a lot of tweets out about things that I don't know anything about and make me interested. You see what I'm talking about? You, you checking out the Twitter? I, I'm going to the Twitter right now. If this internet connection would be any better. Oh well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, why don't you blame the internet connection instead of? There's just uh, some tweets that I said, huh? How about that? It seems interesting, and uh, it seems like they're building to something. I don't know what it is that they're building to. I know they got an awesome product. I know you can get a very cool wrestling care package um, each and every month sent right to your door. You go to WrestleCrate.com right now. They start at just 15 bucks. Plus, you can get a 10% discount just by using the code JOSENTME. JOSENTME. Elite Invasion. July will be the beginning of the Elite Invasion of WrestleCrate. Are you ready for Elite Independence? More details soon. I'm fascinated, fascinated. WrestleCrate.com to find out more, at WrestleCrates on Twitter. But make sure you sign up and use that code, J-O sent me. We'll come back in. We'll go over Raw. It is jobbing out. My dad calls it snuff. Uncle Jimmy, well, he calls it chew. Most all the guys in my family use it. 
and I never thought much of it until one of them turned up with cancer. Doctor said he can get rid of it, but not without taking part of his jaw. So I really don't care what they call it. No way is it worth winding up with a hole in my face. Tobacco stops with me. Ready to quit? Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Give your child the ultimate baseball camp experience this summer. At each week-long Ripken Experience Camp, players live and breathe baseball at the nation's finest youth complex. During each week-long camp, Ripken Baseball's elite coaches work alongside former major leaguers to provide an innovative instructional experience. And every camper gets decked out in the latest high-performance gear from Under Armour. Elevate your child's on-field potential with an unforgettable week at the Ripken Experience Aberdeen. Powered by Under Armour. Register now at ripkinbaseball.com slash camps. Over the years, thousands of people have asked the burning question. What makes Royal Farms world-famous chicken world-famous? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, right. Is it Royal Farms' secret recipe? Is it because it's always fresh, never frozen? Or that it's cooked on the spot, right in the store? Absolutely. See? Mm -hmm. Told ya. But there's another big reason. Royal Farms buys bigger chickens as much as 40% bigger than other chicken places. So when you buy Royal Farms' world-famous chicken, you get plumper, juicier pieces, more bites to the box, and more chicken for your money. Ooh! All right! Yeah! Royal Farms' world-famous chicken. It begins with bigger chickens and ends with what most people think is the best-tasting chicken in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Right now, get 10 of our always fresh, never-frozen, hand-breaded chicken tenders for just $12.99 at Royal Farms. Wrestling fans, it's time for WrestleCrate. WrestleCrate is a pro-wrestling-themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fatheads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month, and every crate contains a T-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those T-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter, at WrestleCrates, and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. Get more than the score on a 50-word blog. Go to PressBoxOnline.com for the complete story on your favorite Baltimore and D.C. sports. High school to pros. All right, I don't know about you guys, but when my car goes up, there's nothing in the world worse than having to pick up the phone and call my mother-in-law, who I love, and say... Can I ask you a favor? Could you come get me and take me to work? Oh, it's so uncomfortable. That's why I turned to First Choice Automotive in Joppa, 710 Pulaski Highway, 410-676-5552. Free towing with all repairs. Free loaner cars with major repairs. First Choice Automotive, fcautomotive.com. Make them your first choice when it comes to your vehicle. Segment number two, it is Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Baltimore Sun, and Rolling Stone with you, and we will continue to look over what happened on Monday night, a really uneven episode of Monday Night Raw. Coming up a little bit later on, still, we will talk to Adam Cole from Ring of Honor. Adam Cole, baby, as he says. I apologize. Sorry, Adam. We'll deal with that in segment (laughs) number three. All right, so we, uh, we talked about everything related to the main event. Let's talk about some of the other things that happened on Raw, and... It's just a really brutal time. And, look, the WWE goes through this. This is the nature of being a wrestling company. You're going to have injuries. It, it happens. 
you can't do anything about that. And you know they've they've had some terrible misfortune, like when they're ready to make Roman Reigns the top guy, and then he gets, he gets hurt, hurt in that yeah. moment. I mean, they've had way worse luck with injuries than what they're having right now. It's just the the number of injuries that they've been through of late. We already talked about Jamie Noble, but geez, you compile uh, onto that that you know the the news looks potentially devastating for Tyson Kidd. Um, Eric Rowan got Eric, hurt yeah, Eric recently. Rowan's hurt. Obviously, Goldust, Jey Uso are both hurt. You go down to NXT, you have Sami Zayn, Hideo Itami out. Like, there's no truly top-tier guys out right now, which is, you know, I guess you could say lucky for the WWE. But as far as the mid-card goes, it's just getting decimated right now. You're right. It's It's been a very – but again, I – you, they've dealt with this. They have. I don't think you you make too much of like what in this has has really derailed them, right? Like which of these guys? It, it's bad news for the guys. Like it's yeah, particularly it, the one that stands out is Tyson. This is just the worst yeah. possible timing for Tyson to be hurt. But Eric Rowan was kind of in nowheresville recently. Like there well, this, they they were definitely building they, up they, Harper and Rowan again. They were but, starting to, but they hadn't done anything with them yet. I don't. Well, but they had been back together for two weeks. I understand, but I didn't know if that was leading towards you want to make them dominant tag team I, champions, or I, if you I had think something that they else. were at, at least going to be a very prominent players in the tag division. Okay, and, and you could say the same thing about Kinslazar. You could say the same thing. It's but this is my my problem is with that is that it feels like it it's actually a backwards move from where you were going with Eric Rowan, that Eric Rowan was was building as a legitimate singles competitor. Uh, but he wasn't like he was hot for a second back in November. But well, I he, agree. He hasn't done anything as he hadn't done anything as a singles competitor since. But November. I, my, my argument would be it might be good for him to have some time away to revisit what he is, like what you're really doing and, with and, him. And I, but here's the thing. I think what he is, what he was, what he was best at is in the tag team with uh, Harper. Okay, we can always go back to that. Right. But it's it's fresh. You know, a, a few weeks ago I talked about how I thought that uh, the tag division was as deep and as strong as it had been in years. Now all of a sudden you're down to two teams. You're three teams again if you want to include the Lucha Dragons. Like Ken Cesaro are I, and out. I, and I do not. Harper and Ru- Rowan are out. The Usos are out. You know, the Dust had already split up. But, you know, you had to abandon that storyline because Gold Dust is out. You're, you're, you know, the tag division is decimated right now. And the mid card is. But much like they division. built Kid and Cesaro, if they're committed to the tag, d- d- you know, k- division. There are credible wrestlers not doing. There are, the, the, but it, it helped that Kid and Cesaro both that were was good. Dumb in, luck. I don't think it was. I don't think it was. I think that it was two guys who had always excelled. At, like they had done their best work in tag teams. Uh, Kid with the the New Heart Foundation or whatever the Heart Dynasty. That's what they were called. Right. And Cesaro in his career as tag wrestlers. Both of those guys were always. They did their best work as tag wrestlers, and they just put them together so they were able to create a good tag team. I don't think there are a lot of guys now who you can say, you look at and they're like, they're a tag wrestler. Damian Sandow, Damian Sandow, Damian Sandow, Damian Sandow, Damian Sandow, Damian Sandow. Um, no. Come on, man. Okay, The Road Scholars were amazing. Miz and Mizdow were tremendous together. But that was not... Miz and Mizdow, tremendous together. But it's he still a dynamic of working together. 
But the, the big thing about Miz and Mizdow is that they really didn't work together. You had Miz doing all the work. In, and Miz, in the matches, they might not have right, worked well, together. But, and I'm saying that was a big reason why Kid and Cesaro clicked so well was because they were – they, you know, for one, they felt like a tag team that had been together. You're forever. never going to convince me that that Cesaro and Mizdow could not work together. Oh, as I, a I'm not saying they couldn't. Team. I'm just saying I would not consider Sandow a tag team guy. I think that you've seen enough from him in his career. I'm not to saying know that he, he can't. Can. I'm not saying he can't be a tag wrestler. I'm saying he's not. Cesaro excels. Cesaro is best at what he does when he is in a tag, and he is. I, I think he's one of the top five tag wrestlers in the business well, right now. Well, you still have him. He's right, you still gone. have him. And I'm saying Kid was another guy who was, he excels as a tag wrestler. Sandow, I don't know if I say he excels as a tag wrestler. I think, I, I think that you're saying that because you don't want to admit the fact that it's going to be fine. It, they're going to be fine. We'll see. We'll see. I, you just ha- and what it, do you do with I Harper? You're going to be fine as long as you're willing to give them real work. Right. Yeah, Harper is a little bit tougher because you don't really have anything for him. He's the type of guy that, like, you again, you thought he was going somewhere, and he's been completely lost. It might be best for him to reassociate yeah. with Bray Wyatt. It's, I, I thought, yes. I mean, it's just it, – that I don't really see how that's a bad idea, um, whether, you, whether that's as a tag team or whether it's just him being, you know, sort of a lackey for Bray Wyatt. I don't know what that looks like. But that might be the best possible thing to do. It might be that ultimately you just made a mistake ever breaking up the Wyatt family. Right. That, that you have not did. accomplished nearly enough with them right. to sell them all as credible singles wrestlers. And so you've got to rebuild their credibility. I don't know if Luke Harper was ever going to be a dominant. Luke Harper and Eric Rowan to me were only interested because they were Luke Harper and Aaron Ro- Eric Rowan. Harper, Harper interested me a lot more. I, I think Harper is still one of the guys who I truly enjoy watching I mean, in the he's, ring. He's but, big. But the, the, the problem is that Without the the without either of the tag team partner with Rowan or without being in the Wyatt family, his gimmick just doesn't work. I, I, and you, you, if he and just it, looks weird as as a singles guy, you need to reboot him if he's going to be a singles guy. I I agree with that. I just don't think that it's as big an issue for the tag division as you think it is because I think they have the ability to create quality tag teams if they care about the tag division. And uh, I mean, and I understand that's a big if, but they've shown that they've cared about the tag division of late. I don't think it's impossible they could. It's not impossible. It just it, it sucks. I, I no, thought I mean, that we a, were. It's we a were... bummer to have a bunch of, of good tag guys out. Look, I, it it's it's a bummer that they when somebody gets hurt they they sort of abandon plans for yep. everybody else. Um, you know there are two Usos, right? Like, yeah, they, we haven't they, seen the other. Are they aware of that? Like I don't. It's, I'm it's not sure. Kind that, of amazing. Like that only one of them got hurt. We think. <laughs> I mean, I, that's a good point. Maybe, maybe, maybe they actually share. A, what was his injury? Isn't it a knee injury or something I don't, like I don't that? Know, actually, I, I think it might be a knee. They injury. share the same. They knee, share the right? same knee. Maybe they do. But I, my point being that you can use these guys. You can find things for them that work. You know what I mean? Like, there's no yep. reason why you can't come up with something. Put that Cesaro would be... and Harper together. I've heard a lot of people suggest that. <laughs> it's so funny you say that because I've heard that suggestion. Well, of course, it's, it's the natural, th- you know, two guys. Well, I, but again, how does that make more sense than Cesaro and Sandow? Because I'm, I'm more interested in seeing Harper than Sandow. Oh, my God. You're nuts. Damian Sandow is wonderful. He's one of the so best things about WWE. So is Luke Harper. He's fine. Luke Harper is great. He's fine. He's great. You're, based on what? Based on his in-ring work. He's a good in-ring performer. He's, he's a not great, a great in-ring performer. I think performer. he's a great. I disagree with you. Ah. Uh, you and I, you and I, Ms. Dow's phenomenal. I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying this to disrespect Sandow. Sandow. I'm not saying this. I, I love God, Sandow. I need him on TV all the time, all the time. But I like Har- I, Harper. Harper is one of my Cesaro favorite guys to watch in the ring. You can get more personality out of Cesaro because you have Sandow. There's a million ways you can go with that team. It makes all the sense in the world. And 
Their names end with the same syllable. They're a perfect tag team. Wait a second. O and Al are not the same. That's similar enough. No, they can figure no. it out. They can figure it no, out. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not giving you that one. They can one. figure it I'm out. They're gi- smart enough to make it Come work. on. You need to go back to like first they grade learn They turn Sandow into Mizdow. They can turn Mizdow into Mizdow. Or Sandow into Sandow well, easily. Come on. He's, he's they can macho totally... Mandow. Oh, shut up. That's terrible. <laughs> All right, um, a couple Other of things. Stuff yeah, a couple of things. Speaking um, of speaking of the tag division, um, I I keep trying to tell you I need more of these guys. I love it. I like they included a different team so that it wasn't oh, just some yeah. variation. Uh, it works for me. I can I can have this continue until SummerSlam. Can, can can I? I mean, yes, the tag match was great between the permanent players of the section. My favorite thing was. Uh, the, the new day Kofi against Neville with Xavier on right, the outside right. eating. Uh, no, I'm going to call gravity. Gravity's going to know who you are. He <laughs> shouted that from, from ringside. Yeah. And it was the greatest line I've ever heard. It was yeah. I My biggest concern right now is this is starting off. What, what Xavier's doing is very much like what Mizdow is doing at the beginning. Like, yeah. it, was, it was a subtle thing at first, and then WWE realized people were responding and just completely ruined it. Please don't do that with Xavier. Never acknowledge it, commentary. I just want this to happen forever because right. it's, it's delightful. Yeah, I can, I can get behind that. Uh, briefly, Owen Cena. I know you don't want to do it, but I, we, it happened. Um, John Owens. John Owens. John Owens. <laughs> See, they, they are each other, right? John Cena drops some French because uh, Kevin Owens. Uh, I thought that was good. I thought that was a good bit. I, I thought it was a good bit. I, I, Instead of Cena just sitting back and taking it, he's just like, you know what? I'm John Cena. I'm better than you. I can talk in foreign languages too. Oh, and I can talk in Chinese. What now? Isn't that just the same John Cena? But it's, it's so peak John Cena. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's John Cena. Here's the thing. Is it meta John Cena? Is that it, what this I is? Mean, it, it's, it's great though. It's, it's, if you're going to do it, do it outlandishly okay. like this. And right. I, I love it. All right. I, I guess it. I can understand that. Uh, the Divas division is still a goddamn mess. Yeah. I, I mean, like, it just gets worse somehow. There, there was no reason to care about it's the not, match. It's on not one. good. And then it somehow gets worse. It's, it's, it's a train wreck. And what are you doing? I, I'm, I'm assuming they're just treading water until someone gets caught. You know, Char- Paige brings Charlotte or whatever it is. But it's, I mean. You had Paige tag with two girls that don't like her. Suddenly, Alicia Fox is hanging out with. Well, the, they, at least they sort of explain it on SmackDown. SmackDown, whatever, right? I mean, it's just the whole thing makes no sense. Who do we like? Who do we I'm, not hey, like? Who's... Hey, let, let's let's say at least they had the, the, the wherewithal not to have twin magic with Alicia Fox because I was convinced they were going to do that. <laughs> That's not oh, that. Alicia Fox is wearing the Bella's outfit. Right. She's the same thing, making Roland. I was convinced they were going to do that. Well, um, actually, now that you say it, I'm kind of mad they didn't. <laughs> but, you know, you had two teams where you spent the past couple months building on how much we should hate them, and you put them against each other, and... Uh, no, I got nothing. Yeah. I got nothing. Yeah. Um, R-Truth Barrett. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I have no problem with it. I, uh, I don't... I, again, I love R-Truth. So yeah. now I'm in the... I like him being funny... I don't like him being the guy carrying the plunger. That I, I don't. You know what? I don't mind it. I don't mind it. My mm. my only problem with it is the, like they they're not quite sure what to do with Barrett because it seems like they have no idea what to do. Well, with Barrett. They're, they're they're burying him, but at the same time they're trying to make him credible. What is it? What, it, is it, what is it? Uh, Brandon Stroud wrote this week. He said um, the problem with having uh, uh, Ryder lose to Barrett is instead of it being a match that gives Barrett some some heat back, 
Now it just makes it even worse for, for Zack Ryder. Like, how can you yeah, exist? You, you can't even beat the guy that can't win? Yeah. Like, really? You, so, why so do you exist? I, either you need to make him a jobber, which if you want to do that, fine. If you want to just say, okay, we made a mistake on King of the Ring. We have nothing for Barrett. We're, we're done with this iteration of Barrett and we want to make him look fine. You know what? If that's what the, the way they want to go, I don't necessarily agree with it. I like Barrett. I think he should be used more. But, but at least commit to it. You can't do this back and forth thing where, oh, we want him to be credible, but we're having him lose every well, I think it goes, match. I think it goes back to their failure to convert him into a face when he was getting face uh, heat. The, the one interesting thing, he did just get a new shirt and it said, uh, and this is the first time we've heard it referred to as a it should says King of Bad News on it. So is he going back to the bad news gimmick? Or does is he, he just really desperately want to put out a shirt? I mean, is there that much of a I don't know. demand for... It doesn't cost uh, them that much to put out another shirt and see Well, if apparently, considering it, it took them two months to put out a primetime player shirt and four months to finally put out a uh, New Day shirt. But speaking of shirts, you're all hot and bothered about Dean Ambrose. I'm, I, I wouldn't say hot and bothered. I, I'm very curious about this. If you missed it on Monday... And if you haven't, go check out WWE and, Shop. And in all fairness, you probably did. You, you might have, though. It, it was a bit, Dean Ambrose got five new shirts in a day. That doesn't happen. Not even Cena gets five new shirts in a day. Kevin Owens got three new shirts when he first debuted, but he didn't have any he shirts He first before. debuted, right. Um, so it, it leads me to think, you know, Dean Ambrose right now is kind of on the outside looking, and we don't know what they're doing with him. He lost to Kane, so you think, okay, maybe he's still involved with the authority. Maybe he's still going to be involved with Rollins. But you don't really know what he's going to do. At the same time, he gets five new shirts, which makes you wonder. You know, They're not just giving him shirt just for the sake of giving him shirts. It takes a lot for them to put out a shirt, as I just no, said. Right, right. It takes usually forever for them to put out shirts. So to get five new shirts makes you think, okay, there's a reason for this, and it's probably that they're going to be doing something big with him. The question is, what is it? Are they going to keep him in the title picture? Do they have another big feud in mind for him? Granted, I can't think of what a big feud would be outside of a, you know, just continuing the feud with Rollins. Maybe if Reigns turned heel or if he turned heel, but something's going on with Dean Ambrose. Okay. And, and it's something, you know, I, I've been saying it from day one. Like, I thought that, you know, Dean Ambrose is still too hot to just completely ignore. And this just, I think, reinforces it that they're not giving up on Dean Ambrose. They're not, I, I've seen the word sabotage thrown around. They have something in mind for him. Whether it's what everybody wants, that'll be the question, but he's not being ignored. Ziggler Rusev. Um, Rusev. Let, let's uh, take a look here at a little bit of Rusev. And I'm going to go back to SmackDown here. Okay. On SmackDown, you know, they, they show Lana backstage. She does an interview. And at the end of it, they show Rusev kind of peering around a corner. On their Twitter and on their Instagram, they show other footage, like someone taking pictures of him hiding around the corner looking at Lana. Basically, they're turning him into creepy stalker guy. Well, that's not on weird. Spectrum. That's, I mean, A, terrible, because the last time they had creepy stalker guy, it was DDP back in 2001, and we all know how that, oh, wow, well, that yeah. went. Um, you, you shouldn't be turning Rusev into creepy stalker guy, period, because, um, A, no one should be turned into creepy stalker guy, especially not a guy who was a potential main event player a few months ago. So that that's problem number one with Rusev is that, oh, God, they did something terrible on SmackDown. And, I mean, if they continue that, he may not ever recover from it. Problem number two, let's go to Monday now. So they, they do away with the creepy stalker thing, and he's shown looking at him on the monitor. And he's vulnerable, and he's upset, and he's throwing his crutches. 
and he's on the ground, and and he's he's visibly upset, and it was probably the best job of acting of any people involved in these stupid uh, segments. And Summer Rae comes and helps him. Now, my question is, so I tell you that you have a guy pining over his girl, and he's so upset that his girl moved on, that he's upset, he falls to the ground, and he needs someone su- su- uh, someone's support from it. What type of character am I describing there? Um, uh, weak. Uh, weak, yes. Uh, uh, are you trying to come face or heal? I, I, I'm saying that that it's is... It's a sympathetic character, right? It is right? very sympathetic. I, and I've, I've saw it on Twitter, a lot of people, they feel bad for Rusev. They feel sorry for him. You know, as long as he's not being creepy and stalking, if he's just pining over, that's sympathetic. Why are you making Rusev sympathetic? I'm very confused by this. I mean, let alone with the entire thing being stupid and with Lana and Ziggler being the worst on... so bad. Like, I was trying to come up with a worse pair, like a least... uh, that had least uh, connection with one another. The only thing I could think of would maybe be Zack Ryder and Eve, and that part of it was supposed to be that Eve was just using Zack Ryder, so that was part of it. And these two are supposed to be, and they just... They have no connection at all. It's it's horrendous. But, um, I mean, right now, if I'm telling you that you have a cocky guy talking about how hot his girlfriend, his new girlfriend is, meanwhile, this guy is pining over his lost girlfriend to the point where, he, you know, he's sobbing, I think well, Rusev is but, the face. I hear you, though, but, again, you can't dismiss that Rusev was a complete piece of ass oh, of course, in, in of course. getting there. And I don't think that it takes too much to recreate no, no, no. and remind people and, of and, that. And, and that's my problem, is that I don't think they're trying to make Rusev out to be a yeah, face. But I, I guess my point being, I, I think that you can create a storyline with Summer Rae and then have him regain his swagger very quickly. Why are you re- making him sympathetic? Yeah, in the process, I... I that's I, my question. I, I hear you. I hear you. I... I I think it was a one-time thing, and you break him to rebuild him type of deal, right? Like, you, you, he breaks so that he can be built back up. See, but I think you could do – I mean, I, I think it was just a – I think that you do that by smashing – him smashing things, by him, you know. I, I hear you. I'm not telling you it's the best way to go about yeah, doing I, it. And, and I agree that I think that – I just think that in the process, you know, if, if – like I just said, if I summarize it up in a quick nutshell, Dolph Ziggler looks like the heel here. Um, look, I, but I think that also part of that is it's just so bad. Well, I mean, that's part of it I as mean, well. I really think that's part of it. Like, it, it makes him unlikable. It's so bad. Yes. Like, it's so, oh, I don't know how to describe it. Like, who's writing this? It's terrible. Although somehow worse, Adam, Rose, and Rosa. Somehow worse than that. You know what? No, you know I, they're better. No, they're not. Like I don't think they're good, but dude, them, nothing him is trying worse. to pitch the we're in love. This is it's so like how lazy is that but writing? Like, like there's Lana, only Lana and there's Ziggler. only one couple that's allowed to be in love, and we are the only ones. Lana that are in and love. Ziggler look like they didn't want to kiss each other. I know, other. Like, I know. Like, they look like they look like they were being like but, a gun was being held. Like to this their is head. the best you could come up at with. At least for, Adam Rose and Rosa at least mildly looked like they were into each other. Okay, but if you want to make Adam Rose's character now like a love guru of some sort, like you want to make him a. A doctor of or a love, or whatever, something yeah. like. Then maybe it's like uh, it's just a guy and his girlfriend talking about how much of a better couple they which are. Is, which is better than no, Lana. I disagree. It's, it's Lana bad. and Rusev do not look, look like they want. Dude, wanted. I'm not <laughs> arguing with you about them being bad. Therefore, it's therefore, bad. by default, at least Rose and Adam Rose Jesus. look like they like each other. Anything else? Is that it? Is that the whole that, rundown? That's wrong. All right, very good. 
we come back in, Adam Cole from Ring of Honor is going to join us. Yes, looking forward to that. Guy from just up the street in Lancaster will deal with uh, uh, you know his memories of growing up in this area. and uh, He's got uh, some history with Maryland Championship Wrestling as well. We'll talk to him about that. We'll do that in the next segment, and then we'll go over uh, the quick count as well as our weekly top five list. That's on the way. It's Jobbing Out. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Aaron Oster. Over the years, thousands of people have asked the burning question. What makes Royal Farms world-famous chicken world-famous? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. Is it Royal Farms' secret recipe? Is it because it's always fresh, never frozen? Or that it's cooked on the spot, right in the store? Absolutely. See? Mm-hmm. Told ya. But there's another big reason. Royal Farms buys bigger chickens, as much as 40% bigger than other chicken places. So when you buy Royal Farms' world-famous chicken, you get plumper, juicier pieces, more bites to the box, and more chicken for your money. Ooh! All right! Yeah! Royal Farms' world-famous chicken. It begins with bigger chickens and ends with what most people think is the best-tasting chicken in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Right now, get 10 of our always fresh, never frozen, hand-breaded chicken tenders for just $12.99 at Royal Farms. Give your child the ultimate baseball camp experience this summer. At each week-long Ripken Experience Camp, players live and breathe baseball at the nation's finest youth complex. During each week-long camp, Ripken Baseball's elite coaches work alongside former major leaguers to provide an innovative instructional experience. And every camper gets decked out in the latest high-performance gear from Under Armour. Elevate your child's on-field potential with an unforgettable week at the Ripken Experience Aberdeen, powered by Under Armour. Register now at ripkenbaseball.com slash camps. Don't be the guy that has to call your mother-in-law like I've had to in the past and beg for a ride when something's wrong with your vehicle. Take it to First Choice Automotive in Joppa. 410-676-5552. Dave and Chrissy know your car is your life. Free loaner cars with major repairs. Free towing to and from at First Choice Automotive. 410-676-5552 on the web. FCAutomotive.com. Get more than the score on a 50-word blog. Go to PressBoxOnline.com for the complete story on your favorite Baltimore and D.C. sports. High school to pros. My dad calls it snuff. Uncle Jimmy, well, he calls it chew. Most all the guys in my family use it, and I never thought much of it until one of them turned up with cancer. Doctor said he can get rid of it, but not without taking part of his jaw. So I really don't care what they call it. No way is it worth winding up with a hole in my face. Tobacco stops with me. Ready to quit? Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Wrestling fans, it's time for WrestleCrate. WrestleCrate is a pro-wrestling-themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fatheads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month, and every crate contains a T-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those T-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter, at WrestleCrates, and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. Jobbing out, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, and a really cool opportunity to talk to one of the, the biggest rising stars in all of professional wrestling, a former Ring of Honor world champion, and a guy who's from just up the street 
in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. How about that? <laughs> Opportunity to chat with Adam Cole from Ring of Honor. Adam, it's Glenn and Aaron back here in Baltimore. Thank you so much for taking the time for us today, man. Uh, oh, of course. How are you guys doing today? Everything is good, dude. Um, you know, like, I, I went to Lancaster Brewing Company for the strawberry wheat beer. Uh. Many awesome. times in my life, I, I spent six months in Lancaster working for the baseball That's team. Right. There. I could, I, I don't know if I could have survived growing up there. How, how was that, <laughs> man? <laughs> I, I just want to, I want to start off by saying, very rarely do we talk about my, uh, my upbringing current living location of Lancaster. So I am absolutely thrilled right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, Lancaster has a, very much it's kind of its own character. Uh, it's like. It has a cool little city life to it, but it's rather small, as you guys know. It, yeah. it, it's nothing big. It's nothing miraculous. But I think that's kind of what I love about it. Because when I was in high school, and that was when I made the decision, like, okay, I'm, I'm seriously going to be a pro wrestler because I started training when I was in high school. Uh, I, I used to have that mindset of, oh, I can't wait to get out of this small town. But now that I travel so much, I love this little town. I love the little streets. I love that everybody knows everybody. Right. Uh, and I, I just love it. It's a cool, like, little escape um, from the, the crazy city bumping life that you can run into as a pro wrestler. So I love it. I, I love the season changes. I love the smell. I, lo- I love everything about Lancaster County. So how does how does a small town guy like that turn into the Panama, Panama City playboy, yeah. Adam Cole, baby, the larger-than-life <laughs> guy that you are? Yeah, well, I, I think, uh, you know, obviously that comes to a little bit of fantasy that you play with yourself when you're a kid. You know, like that idea of, right. that, you know, living in a big city or watching movie stars and things like that. Like, cause, you know, I fell in love with wrestling when I was around nine years old. And the first two characters that really captivated me were The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. So as you can imagine, two of the biggest wrestling stars of all time with very, very large personalities. So again, I kind of figured when I was developing my wrestling persona that maybe maybe an Amish boy from Lancaster County wasn't a real big money drawing <laughs> character. <laughs> so I, I went with something a little bit different. Oh, man, you know what? The, you know what? I, the Amish country, the food in Amish country is so effing good, uh, man. Oh my, like you, it's real like home cooked meals, like some fried uh-huh. chicken, some mashed potatoes, some meatloaf. Like it is, it, oh. and if I could, if I could truly enjoy it all the time, right. I wouldn't uh, right. be able to wear trunks. Right, that's a good point. That's a good point. All right, hey, uh, what a weekend you guys had uh, up in New York, and um, I wanted to start with because it just seems so real and so emotional. The Saturday night event with uh, Samoa Joe sort of saying his farewells at Ring of Honor. Like, what was that like being a part of that thing, and and how real was that emotion that appeared to come off from that? Oh, Samoa Joe is one of the most genuine guys I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. Uh, his love for pro wrestling, specifically his love for Ring of Honor, is is very, very real. And I think that was completely uh, visible uh, from not only the guys surrounding the ring, but the audience members who were there in person and got to see that farewell speech. Um, it, it, it's such a cool time in Ring of Honor right now, not only because the company is growing so much, but it's like multiple generations of your Ring of Honor wrestlers. Like before when Ring of Honor was first really hitting the races and, and going to the top, it was that one generation, that core group of guys that kind of made up and encompassed what Ring of Honor was. But now you have these younger uh, guys, the younger generation who's coming in. Like a, a lot of us who surrounded the ring, myself, Kyle O'Reilly, ACH, all these guys, we watched 
Samoa Joe while we were still in school yeah. and like admired what Samoa Joe and that Ring of Honor roster was doing. So to be around the ring while he was giving that farewell speech was not only a really cool moment for him, but a really cool moment for the younger generation to get to be there and to be a part of that with, uh, with Joe. You know, Samoa Joe wasn't around for, in this most recent run, wasn't around that much, but when he was there in the locker room, what was that like for, especially like you said, a lot of the younger guys? It was just invaluable experience. Uh, you know, I, I think it goes without saying now with, with the WWE recognizing his talents that Samoa Joe is, again, a once-in-a-lifetime special talent. So to get to see him come back, and uh, unfortunately I never got the chance to work with Joe, so I didn't really get to learn firsthand um, any of his tricks or any of his, or his real mindset and the way he approaches things in pro wrestling. But just watching his interaction with guys and watching how excited a lot of the guys were getting to work with Joe was, was really cool for me. And like I said, just made me itch at the idea of ever wrestling Joe even more. That's really cool, man. You know, when you guys have a weekend like this, between the pay-per-view, between that event, you talk about the company growing, but, like, you got to feel it. Like, you, you just, it just felt, like, electric this weekend for you guys. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it's been a really cool journey for me specifically from when I started with the Ring of Honor to now. Um, because when Sinclair Broadcast Group first bought Ring of Honor, of course a lot of people were excited, and then you had a lot of naysayers. But the coolest thing for me being on the other side uh, of the curtain was seeing that you know Sinclair's group, or Sinclair uh, Broadcast Group's approach as far as making Ring of Honor grow was slow and steady wins the race. And they really stuck by that. They said, guys, we aren't going to rush to 5,000-seat venues. We're not going to do things that we aren't going to be 100% sure that we're capable of accomplishing. Let's take everything slow. Let's take everything steady because I believe in this group. And now I look at where we are now. We just landed a, a TV deal on Destination America. We're running traditional pay-per-views. Uh, the attendance uh, for the live events that we've been doing in 2014 and into 2015 has been the best Ring of Honor has ever seen. And it's, it's just so exciting for the entire team because we really, really feel like we're kind of the little engine that could. I, I remember uh, some guys in ECW used to describe ECW that way, and that's really how I feel about Ring of Honor. It's cool. You, you feel it with the fans. You feel it with the guys in the locker room. Uh, I can't wait to see where this company is going to be a year or two years from now. You know, you got the cable deal. You just put on a very successful pay-per-view. Obviously, the numbers aren't out yet, but everyone's raving about it. Do you guys feel like you are the the number two company in America right now, or do you even think about it that way? Uh, You know, that's an interesting question. Um, If you were to ask me that question, are we the number two company in America, I strongly believe that we are. I I really, really do as far as the growth that this company has seen uh, in a short amount of time uh, and our, our working relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling, which I don't think it's arguable. I think it's a fact that New Japan is the number two company in the world if we're, if we're basing it worldwide. Uh, so our relationship with them really helps. However, I think the reason that we've gotten to this number two slot is because we don't really focus on what everybody else is doing. We know that Ring of Honor brings a completely different product to the table as far as a true alternative in the world of pro wrestling. It is Ring of Honor. And I think the reason that we've gotten so far is because we are solely focused what we are doing and what we bring to the table. Like, for example, I, you know, I get asked all the time, do you guys feel like TNA is a competitor or are you guys going to work with TNA because both are on uh, Destination America? 
again, uh, we, we just aren't really focused on what TNA is doing. And I'm sure TNA is focused on what they're doing. Right. You know, I, I think the more that you focus internally on what you can do to make your product and your company better, the more successful you'll be in the long run. It's an interesting dynamic that we've talked about a lot, having you guys back-to-back on Destination America, because so many people have brought up, like, competition, like, which one will survive and still be there. But right. What I always said was like, how is this not a good way, good thing for both companies? Exactly. That, that all of that you have all these wrestling fans that are are now glued in for three hours on Wednesday nights, and it allows both companies to grow. That if you, it, it's a different product, sure, but it's still all wrestling. Like it feels to me as though, it, as much as people are making about competition, it, it's got to be somewhat symbiotic for everyone involved. For sure. It was like, uh, you know, there have been two phrases kind of used to describe Wednesday nights now. It's either the Wednesday night war, which I don't really prefer, but I like Wednesday night is wrestling night. I I love that. I love that if you want to watch NXT, you can watch NXT. If you want to watch Lucha Underground, you can watch them. TNA, Ring of Honor. There there is so much wrestling on Wednesday nights. And for me, really, because at the core, all I am is a wrestling fan, it's exciting for me to think that Wednesday night you can watch literally anything that you want to watch. It's just really cool. And you hit the nail on the head. It just helps everybody. He is Adam Cole from Ring of Honor. He joins us here on Jobbing Out. Ring of Honor returning to Baltimore July 24th at the Myers Pavilion. Really cool opportunity for you to see all of the stars of Ring of Honor and get in on all this excitement uh, that we've been talking about. Adam, I, uh, I have to bring it up, and I know that you'll handle this uh, uh, perfectly. A report from uh, from WrestleZone says WWE eyeing Moose, Jay Lethal, and Adam Cole. How would you like <laughs> yes. to respond so that we can handle this and then talk about other things? Sure, sure. Well, uh, I'll put it to you this way. I have been uh, extremely flattered over the past, uh, I'd say, two or three years. The, the rumor mill has been strong with the, <laughs> the WWE eyeing Adam Cole thing. Um, all I know is that I'm contracted to Ring of Honor. I'm very happy in Ring of Honor. And again, I think the word to describe it would be I'm, I'm very flattered that uh, a lot of people seem to think that either I'm headed to WWE or WWE has their eyes on me. The, the truth is, I don't know. I, I'm not really aware. But like I said, as long as people are talking and, and keeping my name out there and keeping things interesting, I think that's what makes uh, pro wrestling so cool. So there it is, Aaron. Confirmed. Adam Cole headed to WWE. <laughs> yeah, yeah, breaking news right here on Jobbing there Out. There it is. Breaking news, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I got you know, the, the past month has been great for you. Obviously, you had a great match with the Bullet Club at uh, Death Before Dishonor. I was actually at the War of the World show where you got the one-on-one with AJ Styles where you made your return. The five months before oh, that, cool. though, you were on the shelf. What was that like for you having to sit out with that uh, shoulder surgery? Uh, the most difficult thing mentally I've ever had to go through. And, and, and that may sound uh, like me being a wuss or me not being able to handle things. And I, and I think it was a big maturing process for me because I, I've never had to be in the, in the seven years that I've been wrestling. I never had to sit out any extended amount of time. Uh, you know, when it came time after final battle in December, I had a lot of nagging injuries and it was all on my left arm. I had issues with my elbow, with my tricep and with my shoulder. So it finally got to a point where I was really having trouble sleeping. I was no longer able to really weight train and I'm just now getting back into being able to get into like a full workout regimen. Um, But, you know, I finally said I I need to get this fixed and Ring of Honor was so supportive the whole way throughout. Uh, But as far as the actual rehab process goes, 
the physical therapy was 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 a pain. It was tedious and it was annoying. But that's the way surgery is. Uh, you know, it's tough to put clothes on. It's tough to take a shower. That's just the harsh reality of it. The hard part for me, again, was sitting out and watching the company that I love uh, grow and have killer shows and do awesome. Because as happy as I was that uh, the company that I'm so proud of was doing so well, I wanted to be a part of that so bad. So uh, sitting out for those five months was very mentally taxing for me. And uh, coming back in Philadelphia was uh, the coolest full circle moment for me uh, probably so far in my career. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you came out, you, you were the first person out there on that uh, Ring of Honor New Japan show, and you cut a great promo. Did it just kind of feel like Christmas to you that you were coming back at such a big show and obviously getting to wrestle AJ Styles? It really did, uh, especially considering I think some reports were leaked, and this is 100% true. Um, there was a scare there for a second that I wasn't going to be able to do the Philadelphia Ring of Honor New Japan joint shows. I, I, I had a little mishap with my shoulder probably a week and a half before. Uh, my doctor was afraid to clear me. Ring of Honor was hesitant. They wanted to make sure that I was going to be good for it. I actually got cleared to wrestle uh, that, that Monday on the Tuesday when I wrestled AJ Styles. So it was just a complete roller coaster for me. And then when I finally came out, that was one of those scenarios where I didn't really think much about what I was going to say. I was coming back in Philadelphia. That was the very building that I trained. Philly was where I won the Ring of Honor World Championship. Philly was where I saw my first live pro wrestling show. So I was like, just completely overcome with emotion. It was really hard for me to sleep that night. I was waiting for you to throw in, like, Philly was the first time I ever threw a battery at a professional wrestler. <laughs> Philly was the, was the first place I ever booed Santa Claus. I cannot say that. Oh, man. What's it like to wrestle in the, the ECW yeah. arena? Oh, man. Um, it, it's I, I want to say... Early on, it was a love-hate relationship, but now it's all love. Uh, Philadelphia is very similar to New York City. Philly can probably be a little bit harder, but, but New York is very much in that same realm. Uh, you really, really have to earn their respect. Uh, if they feel that you aren't putting in your best efforts, if they feel you haven't earned, uh, like I said, their respect, um, they will let you know. Uh, like I said, when I, when I started wrestling in Philadelphia – and wrestling in that building month after month, it took me a really, really long time uh, to, to fully get their support and, and fully get their respect. But once you do, you have it for life. And it's the coolest feeling. Like the reactions you get in Philadelphia or New York City, uh, once they love you, is unlike anything else in the world. So I'm proud to say, fortunately, I'm on Team Philadelphia and Team New York City. Uh, but, it, but it definitely takes some time to get there. Hey, Adam. Um something going on right now with, with WWE and the Tough Enough, and there's going to be a couple winners, but there's going to be a lot of losers there, and those guys are going to be trying to make a future for themselves, and there's a possibility that a company like Ring of Honor would take a chance on one of those guys and say, hey, you know, you, you have some branding, we can bring you in, it can, can help you out. How would one of those guys be received in a Ring of Honor locker room that, that, that went through the Tough Enough thing that maybe doesn't have as much seasoning as the rest of you guys sure. do and would just sort of show up based on what they had accomplished on a reality TV show for a few weeks? Well, well, a lot of it, especially in our locker room, uh, is based on attitude. So, so this very much so is like kind of like any job that you would find uh, anywhere in the world. Um, if you walk in uh, with a very clear mind of knowing that maybe you don't have as much experience, 
you're very thankful to be there and you're ready to learn and aware of what your strengths and your weaknesses are, our locker room wants you to survive. Uh, like I said, the, the way that the Ring of Honor locker room is built, we don't set anyone up for failure and we don't want anyone to fail. This team is a team. Uh, very much whether you're at the top of the card or the bottom of the card, we want to make sure that everyone who's in their role does the absolute best to their ability. There's no uh, quote-unquote politics. Uh, there's no one quote-unquote holding anyone down because there's no time for that. Uh, you know, we want everyone to succeed and we want everyone to do well. So someone like that coming into the uh, Ring of Honor locker room, like I said, as long as they have that good attitude and that good mindset, we would do all that we could as a team if we saw the benefit in having them there to make sure that they got as good as they could and uh, climbed up the ladder as fast as they could. And so I think it's a, a really good way of putting it, which is just as simple as probably anybody else that you bring into the company. Like, it doesn't change based on you having some background on reality TV. Anybody that gets brought in, you have to come in with the attitude of being willing to learn and go to work. Absolutely. You know, I mean, even more so, like, my, my perfect example for this is when Matt Hardy came in, and Matt Hardy worked for Ring of Honor for that uh, for that time that he did. Matt Hardy, who's worked all over the world on WWE television for years, came in with the most humble, respectful, literally ready-to-learn mindset as far as what Ring of Honor was, how the style worked, how he could be most beneficial to the company while he was there. So our locker room welcomed him with open arms because of his approach. So really our thought process is if Matt Hardy can come into Ring of Honor with that attitude. Certainly someone who's brand new coming into Ring of Honor, whatever their background may be, needs to have that attitude to survive in our locker room. Is that? Do you feel like that's one of the reasons that uh, Moose has gotten over as quickly as he had, both, it seems like, with the locker room and the fans? 100%. Uh, Moose is a total student of the game. Uh, Moose is constantly trying to get better. Moose is asking the right questions. Uh, that guy's going to go so far in pro wrestling as long as he keeps the attitude that he has. A, a lot of people are a big fan of Moose. Uh, obviously, the fan base has really caught on very quickly with Moose, but uh, very much so in our locker room. Uh, Moose has the support of, of the office and a lot of the guys uh, because of his attitude and because of his approach to pro wrestling and to our, uh, our ring of honor. You got a new champion. Jay Lethal, uh, it's accomplished a lot in his career, but this is the first time ever as a, a world champion for a major promotion. I guess, one, how you feel about Jay Lethal with the belt, and two, how long before Adam Cole's back in the picture trying to get after the strap? <laughs> uh, yeah, as far as Jay Lethal goes, um, I, I've said this before, and I, I really strongly uh, feel this way. I think as far as a well-rounded performer, uh, there's nobody better than Jay Lethal in Ring of Honor. Uh, I think he, this uh, Ring of Honor World Championship run was a long time coming for him. And uh, like I said, seeing him get that moment in front of his family in New York City with his storied history, not only in Ring of Honor, but in pro wrestling, uh, it's well-deserved. And, and he's someone who um, is not only going to take the ball, he's going to run with it. You know, he really deserves it. And, and as far as me gunning after the Ring of Honor World Championship, I've been focused on wanting the Ring of Honor World title back since I've come back. Uh, I didn't ease into anything. I wrestled the IWGP Heavyweight Champion AJ Styles my first night back. So uh, as, as soon as I'm able and as, and as soon as I become number one contender, I can guarantee you that's the goal and that's the game plan. You know, you, like you said, you wrestled AJ. You, you guys wrestled the Bullet Club. Uh, 
and you kind of you kind of had that mini feud with them. What do you think of this kind of bullet club phenomenon that we're seeing in wrestling right now? I, I think there are multiple factors that go into the reason that the bullet club is successful as it is. But I, I think really a huge reason, and, and this may sound silly, but I think a huge reason that the Bullet Club has been so successful is none of those guys need each other. Because lots of times in groups, you'll see, uh, you know, multiple guys, and there's always like one leader, like one clear uh, flagship bearer who's like the guy, and he leads uh, the group. With the Bullet Club, the Young Bucks by themselves are super successful and super awesome. AJ Styles, the same could be said for him. Uh, uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, same could be said for them as a team. But when you put all of those guys together and ever and everyone's just out there having fun, uh, you get something like the phenomenon uh, that is the Bullet Club. Uh, so the, the group is super fun to watch, and the group is super successful uh, because it's a bunch of really, really talented wrestlers in the right environment going out and having a great time. I, I got to ask, though, when you're on the receiving end of those five, six, seven finishers in a row, the indie takers into the super kicks into the styles clashes, at some point are you just like, my God, please just pin me? <laughs> oh, it's, it's a tough night at the office when you wrestle the Bullet Club. I'll put it to you that way. Uh, the, the innovation that those guys have and uh, the, um, the, the combinations that these guys come up with. Um, are insanely fun to watch, but when you're on the receiving end, they can be quite brutal. So it's uh, it's interesting when you're in there with them. All right, so you uh, got to participate and have great success in an event that we love around these parts. Uh, coming up again very soon here in Maryland. Tell me about your memories of being a part of the uh, Shane Shamrock Cup and, and just what that uh, meant to you coming up in your career. Awesome, man. The Shane Shamrock Cup was such a huge part. I mean... Not even specifically that, but like Maryland Championship Wrestling uh, was so huge for me. I, I actually, I'll go as far as to say uh, the company that really gave me my first real run as a heel in pro wrestling was uh, Maryland Championship Wrestling. I, I had a long extended feud with a guy named Ryan McBride, who yeah. I think still wrestles there. The King uh, McBride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that that company uh, was just a total blast. Uh, and, and that tournament really was uh, probably the biggest tournament I wrestled uh, for, uh, you know, at that point in my career. So it's very special to me. It was really cool that I got to win it one year. Um, really, so if anyone's considering, anyone listening to this, thinking about going to the show, I 100% give it my stamp of approval. You, you'll see the, the best wrestlers from all across the country a lot of young upstart guys, a lot of guys who have made a name for themselves previously who are looking to get back into the mix. Uh, the Shane Shamrock Cup is always one of the most premier tournaments uh, of the year, not only in on the East Coast for independent wrestling, but literally all across the country. So, so it's a really exciting tournament, and everyone should definitely check it out. That's awesome. All right, let's make sure we get all the plugs in. Again, Ring of Honor is returning to Baltimore Friday, July 24th at the Myers Pavilion, rohwrestling.com to find out more. You'll be able to get tickets there. It's... Uh, Aaron and I have gone. Aaron's gone, I think, to about 100 ROH shows over the years. Awesome. He's, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. My first show ever was a death before dishonor. That was up in New York at the Hammerstein Ballroom, so I'm looking forward to this one. Jeez. <laughs> Great. Um, but for you, Adam, what do we need to plug? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, anything like that? Sure, yeah. You can follow me on Twitter, at Adam Cole Pro. And then other than that, really, because my Facebook's full, uh, 
I have a website, adamcolepro.com, run by a guy named Dan Mitchell over in England. He's been great. He's run my website for years. There you can find my schedule uh, and some cool T-shirts and DVDs and things like that. So if you want to support that way or if you want to wear a cool Adam Cole T-shirt, you can find it on adamcolepro.com. That's awesome, man. Uh, we have... Uh, at some point, you're going to end up bumping into my parents. They go uh, outlet shopping in Lancaster. I don't know, maybe every weekend it feels like anymore. Like they just freaking they get like a coupon and just go go to town up that way. They've reached that part of their life, or that's just what they do. Uh, really cool. Well, well I, I, I'm around this weekend, so maybe I'll go up to the outlet and see if I can find you. I, I will have them keep an eye out for you and give them my best. Uh, Adam, really appreciate it, man. So cool to see how much success that you've uh, you've been having, and I know there's only so much more as you are still at 25. There's a long road ahead. There's no doubt about that. Uh, congratulations, uh, and thanks for taking the time, man. Yeah, thanks. Thanks very much, guys. Great stuff with Adam Cole. Just a really good dude and guy that uh, is going to accomplish an awful lot in his career. There's no doubt about that. Man. He's, he, I, I know he says he's not going to go to WWE. And he's not thinking about it right now. He's going to yeah, end, he'll up, end up there. Right? He's no going doubt. to end up there. No, question. and he's going to be great. Um, yeah, I mean, of course, of, of course, he's going to be great. Um, you know, it's always funny because these these guys that seem like such obvious stars that somehow, for whatever reason, it just doesn't work with when right. you get WWE, like just for whatever reason that it, it didn't click, the, the the someone didn't think the right thing about you, whatever it was. I feel like at this age, he's better getting there quicker and making himself one of their guys. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. the, the, the later you come in... So, sort of like how Tyler Breeze, yes, he spent some time in the Indies, but he's very much a development. Right, that's guy. the point. My point is yeah. get there as soon as you can so that they can get their claws in you and have them do what you... That, that to me, is your best way to have a long career, successful career in the yeah. WWE, is to get there sooner... And sort of start the process. It's it. I think the most amazing thing about Adam Cole, though, is how far he's come so quickly. I remember when he first showed up in, in Ring of Honor. He was with Kyle O'Reilly as part of Future Shock, and I hated them both. And I wasn't one. I wasn't the only person. There were people who compared them to like a you know a random tag team you'd create on WWE, just like the most generic guys ever. And he broke out so quickly and showed so much charisma once he broke out from Future Shock. Once he started partnering with Eddie, and then. Breaking out on his own, uh, I, I just think the sky's limit. He's, he's come so far so fast just in the past three years, and he's so young still. Uh, I just I see him going so far. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right, um, we still got some stuff to do. It's all brought to you by WrestleCrate again. WrestleCrate.com. Use that code Jo sent me to get ten percent off your uh, subscription to WrestleCrate. And uh, the invasion's coming. The elite invasion is coming. Stay tuned at WrestleCrates on Twitter to find out more. Our quick count this week, Aaron, we're uh, starting off now uh, by g- allowing you the opportunity to nerd out about anything uh, non-WWE related. And because we just talked to Adam Cole, it would seem as though this weekend's Ring of Honor pay-per-view would be a good place to go. Yeah, I mean, you got to talk about Best in the World 2015, a great show. Uh, of course, Jay Lethal won the title. I, it's been a long time coming for Jay Lethal, as Adam Cole said, and as you brought up, uh, Jay Lethal should have been the champion so long ago. And now that they're making this move to the number two company, to the cable deal, Jay Lethal is the perfect face of the company for Ring of Honor. Uh, it was a great match with Jay Briscoe, and uh, you know it was about a 40-minute match, a nice back and forth. And it wasn't you know what you would think of with the normal Ring of Honor show, where it's just 40 minutes of constant craziness. Right. So it was a, a nice slow build, and 
Jay Lethal's been great. Jay Lethal has been one of the best things in wrestling since his heel turn uh, last March. So for about the past 15 months, he joined the House of Truth, and he's got a very, I don't want to say Ric Flair, but that's the closest thing I could think of, this very cocky, confident guy. He has a backup group with the House of Truth behind him, and he's been doing a great job. I think it's important that now that Ring of Honor is you know, becoming so big that they have someone like this, because I love Jay Briscoe, the wrestler. He is not the face of a company. He's not a guy you could trot out for interviews. He's not a, um, I mean, he's a household name, but he's got a lot of uh, baggage isn't the right word. But he's not a guy you could trot out for interviews. Okay. He's a real media-friendly guy. Um, Jay Lethal is, and uh, he's fantastic. He's still young enough that He's still he's... young. He's known from TNA, and he's, he's been great. So good for Jay Lethal. Congratulations. I'm going to get a chance to talk to him in a few days here ah. for uh, Rolling Stone. Ah. So keep your eyes out for that. But um, Normally I ask you about that at the end of the show. I know. I just, it was a natural plug. You just plug. wanted a cheap plug. You should have said, yeah. right here in Baltimore. Except it's not right here in Baltimore. It's on Rolling Stone. Wow. Yes. But um, Jesus. a couple other great matches. Uh, we, we talked to AJ about the, uh, the Bullet Club versus the – or AJ – Adam Cole. Yeah, I was like, we had AJ on? I yeah. thought we purposely said no AJ for a No few AJ. Uh, I'll see AJ Styles. And, uh, you know, the, the Bullet Club's crazy. They're amazingly fun to watch work. Um, if you've never seen a match with AJ Styles and the Young Bucks teaming together, go, go find it. In fact, I think it'll be on, uh, this isn't going to come out in time, but their match against uh, Okada, Trent Beretta, and Rocky Romero on oh, wow. um, this week's Ring of Honor is just another great match if you're into that sort of complete chaos, uh, finisher after finisher after That's finisher cool. yeah, type yeah, yeah. thing. Uh, cool. Great match, but they, they had a great match against uh, Adam Cole, Bennett, Matt Taven. Uh, you should go watch that. I really enjoyed uh, the addiction, Daniels and Kazarian, or Buddy Christopher Daniels against Red Dragon, the tag team match, and then uh, Roderick Strong became the number one contender. He beat- I like that we forced everyone that's come on this show to be our friend. Yes. I like I like He's that. He's friend if, of the if, podcast. If you come on the show, you're now our buddy. That's right. Friend of the podcast, uh, Roderick Strong, who, as I said last week, making a serious case for the best wrestler in 2015, he beat uh, Elgin and friend of the podcast, Moose, to become number one contender. So it'll be Strong versus Lethal in Baltimore, and uh, it'll be fantastic. Did want to give a quick mention, though, while I'm thinking about it, uh, the honorable mention of the week as far as non-WWE is... Uh, Johnny Mundo, John Morrison, oh, yeah. and you Prince love, Puma yeah, right? in the uh, – they, they had an Iron Man match on Lucha Underground. So uh, go back and watch it on demand. It's on the right. L. Ray Network. That was fun. All right. Very good. Um, I'll continue leaning on you because I will admit I did not have a chance. We, we taped this week on Wednesday. I have not yet had a chance. I did DVR uh, the first episode of Tough Enough. I have not had a chance to watch it yet. So I will let you lead us through the uh, Tough Enough conversation for this week. I know our guy – is uh, is still alive, Patrick Clark from MCW. Yeah, Patrick Clark uh, wasn't even in the bottom three. He made it through pretty clearly. He's uh, they're definitely portraying him as the wrestling guy, which is basically what he is. But he's constantly there. They're showing clips of him saying, "Oh, well, you might be able to run quickly. You might have stamina, but you're you know you don't have the passion for the ring. You don't have the passion that I have. You don't have the passion for." So they're making him out to be the wrestling guy, which. In a format where they're now taking fan voting and that fans have a big impact in, it's a good position to be in for him. I think the question uh, for Patrick Clark is going to be his age more than anything. I think if he was 22, I think he's a favorite to win it. Okay. 19. If I'm WWE, I, I hesitate on just because they have that unwritten rule that you can't be on the main roster until you're 21. 
So I don't know if you want a 19-year-old to be winning it knowing that you're not going to be putting him on the road for two years. That's fair. That's fair. But, I mean, he's been great, and he's, he's definitely oh, one but of what, the Okay, but that, that does lead me to a good question. What is the plan for the, the, the winner of this? Is the plan for the winner of this to immediately go to the main roster, or is the plan for the winner of this to spend some time in NXT... I think sometime. I think they they are probably planning sometime in next day, sometime in developmental. But I think that you know we've been talking about this for recent. They need something to come out of Tough Enough. You know, Tough Enough has been such a disaster. You know, you look at Big Andy, Silent Rage. He did nothing. You know, for the most part, Tough Enough is littered with nobody. You know, before that, Daniel Pewter did nothing. Well, but that was a unique circumstance. The, the, the there people, are a number of unique. But, but Pewter, everybody thought was a rock star, and then he like, tried to kill Kurt Angle, and so that was the end of that. I mean, he didn't even really try to kill Kurt Angle. He did. Well, he he was supposed to put over Kurt Angle, and he uses an opportunity for himself to try to look good. Right. But um, but that wasn't the reason. He, I mean, he just no. he wasn't good. Well, I'm, I'm not trying to sell you on him being good, but the, the people around the, him the, thought... The, but the point is, they need something to come out of Tough Enough. So I don't think this so is a situation... what's the best way to create that? By, well, by forcing I, him down I, I, the I don't throat? think you necessarily need, but I think you want him to be relevant within a year or so. I, I don't think you want somebody who you're like, okay, we're, you know... You're going to win this in 20... You know, part of it is you want to build some hype for him. Okay, you know, and I guess my question would be, why let him get to the top 13? Because I think that they do see something in him. I, and, and that was my question, too. I think they do see something in him. He's clearly he's probably the most seasoned. We haven't seen much of it. Tough enough, the format's so weird because you only get to see... Yeah. They, you know, they, they have the, the stuff that you expect from Tough Enough, the, the challenges, seeing them back at the house, just kind of get their personalities. That's only about two-thirds of the show. The other third is a live show. They're out at, at full, uh, not at full sale, but at the Performance Center somewhere. Uh, they have Daniel Bryan and Paige and Hulk Hogan there, and they're asking them some questions. And then you get a chance to vote. And they, they pull out. Each person pulls out. They say, okay, I want you. You're going to be in the bottom three. You're, you know, each person hmm. says that. And then the crowd votes on it. And, you know, I, I think that that kind of hurts it because you're only getting to know these people. You only get to see about a half hour of foot, not even a half hour when you take out commercials, of footage for these guys before you actually get to vote for them. So I think it, it hurts that you only got to see about half the people actually do anything uh, this week. But we'll see. I'm, I'm not writing it off. I'm, I'm just very concerned with I, the, the fan voting idea. I get where they're going with it, but I think it's going to cause problems okay. down the line. Okay. Also, I don't like the idea that, like, the West Coast isn't involved. Yeah, that's a little weird. And, and the fact that you only have, you know, you can't watch it on DVR and Right, vote. like it's you only can. the people that are watching live. I mean, I guess I guess you can log in whenever you want, so you don't have to be, you know, you can vote blindly if you want. But, but you don't know who's in the bottom three. Well, but it'll show up on your app. Oh. Uh, like, like it, it pops up, like, who will yeah, who will I still think it's a bad for? idea to only give people 20 minutes to vote. Like, right. That's a bad... I mean, there, there's a number of bad things. And then the, that, the that whole... That smells to me like the whole voting is system, fixed. The whole voting system where... It's okay. So uh, three guys were ZZ, who's the the Cajun alligator wrestler, who's right. actually only he's he's younger than Patrick. He's only eighteen, oh, wow. but he's by far the most charismatic. Guy. You know, they're setting up him up as even though he's not the most um, physically fit guy, he's yeah. not polished enough. He was last in both of the the stamina exercises and stuff. Um, but they're, they're as like the personality, as like the soul of everyone loves him. But you know, they they called him out because he was the last. So Hulk Hogan. Uh, this guy, Hank, who ended up losing and ended up going away, and this guy, Josh, who you just didn't see much from at all because, you know, you only got to see him for like 25 minutes. 
And then it says, okay, who do you want to keep? So, you know, ZZ got 55%, and then there was like 24 and 22 or whatever for the other guys. The problem is when you're saying, okay, who do you want to keep? Is it, it, that's not necessarily saying, who do you want to go home? Huh. Like, I, I think yeah. that's going to cause a problem because eventually you're going to be like, wait a second, but I wanted this guy to stay around with, if there's a third, but everybody voted for the other guy. That's interesting. That's interesting. So I, I, I think that's going to cause a at, at some point, there's going to be like a clear one, two, and then there's going to be a three. And so many people are going to vote for number one that number two is going to end up going home before okay. they want them to. Okay. I, I know that's going to happen at some point. Okay. And then one other topic we wanted to touch on, a uh, big story that's sort of uh, cycling the rounds this week. Uh, apparently Dolph Ziggler's future with the WWE is in jeopardy. Yeah, uh, Dolph Ziggler, his contract supposedly runs out in a few months. And he, according to many people, is openly saying that he's strongly considering leaving WWE, especially if he doesn't get a big push between now and then. He'll have no problem with leaving. He, I know he's starting to do his comedy things. He's doing it almost, it seems like, once a week now. He's doing just a show in California or wherever they happen to be doing a stand-up show, so I think he kind of wants to get into that. He probably wants to... Is, it, is that one big elaborate way to say, Amy, take me back! <laughs> but, um... <coughs> oh, man. Don't die. I, I think I am going to die. Um, no, but he's doing his comedy thing. I, it wouldn't shock me to see him try to go like a Jericho route. He shows up on, like, the VH1 specials and stuff like that. Uh, Lucha Underground would... Everyone would be interested in it. I'm sure Ring of Honor would be interested. I'm sure TNA would be interested. And I think Lucha Underground would be in. For whatever reason, everyone seems to be connecting him with Lucha Underground. And probably that's largely because, A, they'll pay him. Uh, might pay him the most out of anybody. And, B, it's such a flexible schedule. You show up for you know you show up for a weekend and you're done for two months with them. You can go do whatever you want. Um, I mean, this would be a very high – this would be – one of the most high-profile people to just walk away from a contract when the WWE still yeah. wants them. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right, but I would say this. Um, this smells more like a... Oh, it wouldn't be surprising if someone was just leaking it to try to get correct. leverage. Correct. Yes, that, without a question of a doubt. That's what it smells more like to me, and I I feel like I'm... I'm um, I feel like I'm, I, it's more I'll believe it when I see it type of scenario that I just don't know how any of this would make sense for Dolph. Like, the comedy thing's all well and good, dude, you know. In, I mean, he's definitely going to – I shouldn't say definitely because it depends on how much he wants. Like, if he wants to go out there and do, you know, two indie shows every weekend, he would probably make a good amount of money. I'm not saying he wouldn't make a good amount of money, but there's only so much money to be made there. Right. And if you're able to do the comedy thing now while you're still with WWE – that means that, that if opportunities come up, if for opportunities for movies, things like that come up, they'll be there. You right. know what I mean? Like, you can do those. Um, doing the indie thing, it's – you got to work. Yeah. Like, no, you got to really do work yep. when you go out and do these indies because they're not making their money because you showed up. They're making their money because you showed up and you sat there and sweaty hand kissed every baby that mm -hmm. walked into that place. Absolutely. And they are – the more that we get to know how the indies work, the more you understand they are milking it. That any as many human beings they possibly can to get come inside their room to meet you for fifty mm -hmm. bucks a pop. That's good business for them. Yep. And that's how you get now, the big upfronts. Granted, Dolph Ziggler, if he leaves, let's say I don't know exactly when his contract leaves. If he leaves in September, and he can, I don't know if he'll have a thirty uh, non compete for any stretch of time. But let's say in October he shows up. He'll probably get five thousand bucks just to show up. It's fine. It's all I, I get it. That's all yeah. well and good. 
But are you are you more marketable in general right. as Dolph Ziggler, guy that shows up at indie shows, or, or are you mark more marketable for what you want to do by being right. WWE superstar exactly. as Dolph Ziggler? Um, I think that ultimately it's a bad move for Dolph. I mean, it, it depends. We don't know. I mean, for all we know, this could be a CM Punk situation where he has more than enough money saved up, and he's just he's tired of the bullshit. And so he's like, you know what, just for my sanity, because I want to try these yeah, maybe. things in my sanity, I just I need to go away for a little bit. Maybe. Maybe you're right. And I, I look, I'm not going to knock a guy who's pursuing their own, his own happiness. Yeah. But I – I, yeah, this I just mean, it, it would suck for us, even though he hasn't been used well. It, he's, it he's would suck for us. And the other thing I would say, too, is that CM Punk achieved just about everything that you could achieve. Right. There's very little that's left on CM Punk's list right. that he could have done, right? Made like, it at WrestleMania and that's it. I, yeah, but even though he didn't main event WrestleMania, no, he, I mean, I'm doubts the whole thing that, that I mean that was his one sticking point. Right, the whole time is I didn't main event WrestleMania. I didn't main event. Okay, WrestleMania, all right. So, yeah. Well, that's it then. That's yeah. it. All right. Uh, this week's top five. There was a story that came out. Not really a story as much as some, a nugget that was dropped. The Rock. You've heard of him, right? Uh, Dwayne Johnson, the movie star of sorts. I, I was going to oh, say no. he's he's in oh, the no. new. Um, San Andreas apparently was a huge turd. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a disaster movie. He's, what was he? Isn't he in some, like, 1980s video game what? movie? I, he just announced to be a star for some video, of some movie based on a 1980s video I, game. I got a bad feeling that if we really, like, looked at The Rock's career in film, we would sort of oh, it's make much more of a bitter beer face. Than, it's, it's, it's not great. But yet, he still gets a paid a boatload of money. He's still an A-lister in Hollywood. I mean, and the Fast and Furious movies are fantastic. Yeah, that's maybe the saving grace for The Rock at this point. Like, without that, what would he really have to, to sort of thump his chest about? All right. Um, so The Rock goes on Dan Patrick's radio show. Rampage, by the way, is the name of the classic Midway video I game. I don't remember that, that at all. Neither do I. It doesn't mean anything to me. All right, whatever. All right, so The Rock goes on Dan Patrick's show on uh, Fox Sports Radio and NBC Sports Network. And he's asked about Warren Sapp from his days in Miami. And Warren Sapp now, who's found himself in quite a bit of of trouble personally and it's, it's kind of sad what's happened to Warren Sapp now in this stage of his life I know that's a little bit close to home for you Aaron because you're a huge Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan um, and he mentions that Warren Sapp was a consideration to be brought in to do something with the WWE but he drops this other nugget as if it was nearly a done deal that he and another former Miami teammate Ray Lewis were apparently slated to tag together at a past WrestleMania. Now, as I've said on my sports show, that would have never happened. There is no chance that the Baltimore Ravens would have ever allowed Ray Lewis to, to do this. None. Zero. It wouldn't have happened. Um, but it's awfully intriguing that apparently at least got kicked down the road a little bit. I mean, and just because, well, just because they wouldn't let him in the ring doesn't mean that he couldn't have, have been shown in, up and had some involvement. Been, been at ringside. But, been at, but th yeah, the way he pitched it is though, was there was a real match, plan. Right. And the reason why it makes sense is because Ray Lewis has a background as an amateur wrestler. He was an extremely good amateur wrestler. I mean, he was one of the best amateur wrestlers in the country once upon a time. And for years was known in the Ravens locker room, if you wanted, if they brought in a guy who was a wrestler and you wanted to sort of prove, they would have, like, shoot wrestling matches in the locker room. Guys like Kelly Gregg, who played for the Ravens, Art Jones, the brother of uh, former UFC champion John Bones Jones. I mean, they were legendary shoot wrestling matches in the Baltimore Ravens locker room. It would have made sense for Ray Lewis to be involved. 
I would still be intrigued. Like, if tomorrow they announced that The Rock and Ray Lewis were going to do something together, I would be intrigued because, as we talked weeks back, we did a thing about uh, pro football players that would make, you know, intriguing professional wrestlers. Ray Lewis's background alone and his flair for entertainment, if Ray Lewis was introduced to a WrestleMania crowd, it would be so over the top and big, and he could probably hack it. You know what I mean? Like, he could probably do it. That would be intriguing. But he works for ESPN now, and they probably wouldn't want him doing that, although they did let the John Gruden break down WrestleMania last year. So it got me to thinking. The Rock still flirts with the idea that he's not done with the WWE. We didn't expect him at WrestleMania this year, but yet one of the best moments of this year's WrestleMania involved The Rock. So this week, our top five, the top five things the WWE could still do with The Rock before he's just far too past his prime. The top five things WWE could still do with The Rock. All of mine are match ideas. I mean, mine are all matches. I mean, I... I most of mine are match. Okay. One, one is not. All right. but. Well, I'll let... Uh, who started last week? All right, okay, I'll start. All right, you start. Uh, you know, I'm just going to start with the idea that's out there right now because I'm very intrigued by it, and I think that they are now... Linked, and I think Rock with Ronda Rousey doing whatever, just the two of them together. I I want to see that. Uh, I really want to see that. He would be big and over the top, and 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 I think that f- they looked good together. Like they looked like a, a good pairing, and uh, I, I'd be intrigued to see what what happens. I'm gonna that. I'm gonna tell you, it's my number three. It's and it's my, it's specifically the Rock and Ronda Rousey doing the thing with Triple H and Stephanie because there's some unfinished business there because it would make sense because I like the idea of tying in stories. I'd love to see it happen. I, who knows if it's going to or not, but it's, it is number three on my list. Um, my number five is, it, again, the circumstances that would have to be put into motion for this to work are significant. But as we talk about what to do in killing time between now and whenever you do the, uh, the, the big blow-off shield triple threat, what if The Rock and Roman tagged against Ambrose and Rollins? And let me give you the scenario, all right? Rollins does end up getting a face turn after this Brock thing to go after Triple H. So now Ambrose and Rollins are both faces. Roman's a face again. They try to elevate him again to the top guy in the company, and the crowd turns on him again. Now you've got Roman as kind of a heel, maybe accidentally, but kind of a heel, And you have this opportunity to have The Rock come in, embrace the heel possibility, right? Embrace it. Say, you want to be mad at me for for partnering with Roman? Be mad as hell at me, and you use it to get Roman back over. It's a far-fetched idea, but I don't think it would be awful, and I think it's one more thing you can do if you want to kick the can further down the road for the ultimate shield blow-off match. So It'd be the, fun. the Rock I, and Roman against Ambrose the, and Rollins. The, I mean, I guess it doesn't even matter who they cheer at WrestleMania. They it, it, get, yeah. Th- yeah, it's the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it sort of doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, Your number four. Uh, my number four, this is something that I feel has been kicked around Twitter a lot, and, of course, a lot more lately because of his emergence. And when The Rock was training to do his matches with Cena again, he stumbled across someone on Twitter and started back and forth with him. That someone was at the time Kevin Steen, huh. now Kevin Owens. So a little back and forth. So ever since that happened, people have been like, Rock Owens. That would be fun. 
I think that would be fun. That's, I mean, that's... <laughs> that, that would be I, a lot of fun. It would be. You're right. It would be fun. It's funny because I considered it, but I didn't put it on my list. If, if it wasn't for the Twitter thing and, and yeah. just the back and forth, the, the slight history there, yeah. uh, I, I wouldn't have put it on the list. But because there is that background history, I, I'd enjoy that. I think it would be credible. I think you're right about that. It would be wild. All right, my number four is another interesting scenario, um, which I hope is a possibility, but you know, I think we all know it might very well not be a possibility. At some point, if Daniel Bryan comes back, can you go right back to Daniel Bryan? Yes. Can you just pretend like the last two years haven't happened? Or do you have to reinvent him by the time that he comes back? And maybe not reinvent as much as repackage, re whatever. Can you just can you just throw him right back and you know, like, hey, right. it's like nothing ever happened. Right. And my gut tells me you can't. Probably not. My gut tells me that doesn't work. Probably not. That there's there's too much damage there. There's too many, you know, just sort of bad feelings about every time I've had faith in right. in this guy, he's let me down. Plus, you know, all the kids are going to be like, what is this yes chant? Well, I mean. Yeah. Not all of them. But well, not all, but there are going to there will be some people yes. that have come on board since then. So here's my idea. You bring back Daniel Bryan in a huge way by having him turn heel and go after The Rock. Well, if you remember back in 2012, remember when The Rock showed up? Who was in the ring with him and CM Punk? That's right. It was Daniel Bryan. And Daniel Bryan held his own on the way. That was the point. first time back in 2012 when people were like, wait a second. Yeah, were, Daniel Bryan can might hold be his something. own. Right. Yeah. So, so I, that would be my idea. My idea would be you abandon, you don't try to bring him back as the yes guy, but maybe beating The Rock at WrestleMania can turn him back into that guy. Maybe you, you bring it back, you build it up for a couple months that he's pissed off, that everything he's been through – and you know, does it's not about the crowd anymore. Now it's about him, and I gotta, I gotta do what's best for me, and I gotta, you know, make my life because I don't know when this is gonna be gone. And so, screw worrying about you guys. I'm only gonna care about me. And then The Rock becomes the guy that ends up really putting him over at WrestleMania, and he can go back afterwards to being the yes guy. That that wins the crowd back over on him. It's just an idea. It's far fetched, but we've never seen it before. True. It's two massive stars. I think it could work. It's my number four. My number three. It's, it's not so much a match, though it probably would lead to a match. I want a program with The Rock and Vince McMahon. Huh. I want – I don't know. There, there are a number of ways. You could somehow make it so maybe The Rock is some sort of figure. Not, not GM because he wouldn't be around enough to really right. be a GM. But it's some sort of – you know, you have him be the guest host of SummerSlam. You have him be the guest host of something. Show up and, and then show up every so often – and Vince McMahon, for whatever reason, hates it. And I just want to see those two in the ring talking back and forth to each other again. Maybe this leads to... I, I think to... it would be, have to be built on Vince and the, I made you. Yeah. That, that now you think you're a guy that can just show up and be the mm-hmm. biggest star on the planet. Don't ever forget, I'm, you're nothing without yep. me. And you know, maybe, maybe that leads to Rock Triple H, because he's like, okay, son-in-law, you go right, get him. Right. Something like that. I just want to see more of Rock and Vince McMahon. And, and I think as far as... Who could create the most entertaining in-ring segments? Those are the two to me. No, I, I think that's very. I think it's a fascinating concept. I just don't know how much Vince is going to do of anything anymore. Yeah, I mean, it Vince just, feels Vince more just like seems it's out. just done. Yeah. yeah. Um, I told you my number three was Rock Ronda versus Triple H Stephanie. So I'll give you my number two because it sort of touches on uh, something I've already uh, gone to, which is an obvious thing to do would be Rock Roman. It's just yes. such an yeah. obvious. Um, you know, it, if if you really need a big moment for Roman Reigns, Rock Roman at WrestleMania. And it would work is the, is the bigger thing. It's not a stretch 
for The Rock to face Roman Reigns for whatever reason. Whatever the reasoning is, because he feels like Roman is not living up to the, you know, the family's obligation as a, a superstar, because you know, what, whatever reason you set it up, you can't, you can't not make it work. It works on every level, and it could be so big for Roman. And you know, and I've talked to Roman Reigns about it, he desperately wants to do it. I mean, yeah. like, the, you, are, you are Samoan, and you're a professional wrestler. You want to face The Rock at some point. Yes. You want to have that moment. There's no doubt about it. And so I, I think it's just too logical and something that would be too easy to do to not consider it as a possibility if you're allowed to use The Rock. If The Rock gives you a thumbs up to right. something, there's so much that can be helped with, with Roman Reigns by having that happen. It's m- number two on my list. Well, my, my number two, it's, it's for more. I just the, the idea of the stare down in the ring would be fascinating for me. And it goes back to what you just said. If you're Samoan, you want to get in the ring with The Rock. Ah. I think the stare down, just that, that first moment, between The Rock and Samoa It'd Joe be would be fascinating. You know, two very different body types, two two legit badasses. But it's like, so you kind of have have two stereotypical Samoan types. You have you know kind of The Rock, who's, who's the big muscular guy, and you have the bigger guy like Joe, and have those two staring down. I think would be fascinating. I don't know how the the match would be. I, I imagine it would be quite good. But just that first moment of those two nose to nose in the ring would be fantastic. I think it would be tremendous as well. I assume our number one is the same? No. No, really? No, I, I went completely off the board. See, it's but... funny because I was going to go completely off the board, but it, it's just too obvious. Like, they, they were going to do this a couple years ago, and then the, there was, um, the, the Rock couldn't show up on Monday Night Raw. The Rock Brock is the thing to do. It's oh. the, the most obvious thing you've ever had with the two most transcendent stars in in modern professional wrestling. And maybe there's an argument that if we really went back and looked at Hulk Hogan, we'd find out that he was not as transcendent, that his great popularity and fame was still more as a professional wrestler. No, Hulk Hogan's transcendent. No. I'm I'm not saying he's not transcendent. I'm saying in comparison. Who's who's more transcendent between Hulk Hogan and Brock Lesnar? Hulk Hogan. Okay. Without question. It's it's not a question. I, I think it's fascinating because Brock's happened in legitimate sports. But the and legitimate no story one is still, has ever would, done that before. It's still, you know, as as big as UFC has gotten. I, I hear the argument, I do, but it's the one it's the one area that no one had ever transcended before. Yeah, I agree. Well, not nobody. Well, yes. no, 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 no. Not as a legitimate star in both. Right. Correct. That's never happened. Ken right. Shamrock was a legitimate mixed martial right. arts star. He was not, not a legitimate, legitimate star correct. in WWE. Correct. Um, that no one has ever been a superstar both in the WWE and in legitimate sports. It's never, he's the only guy that's ever done it, ever. So this is the most logical thing to do. It's the most logical thing. And again, remember, The Rock said that was the plan, that the night after he lost to John Cena, he was supposed to start building something with Brock, and then... The movie got in the way. Well, no, remember he got got hurt, and he couldn't show up on Raw that night. Right, right. Um, It was always the most logical thing to do. It will always be the most logical thing to do. It's the one trump card that you always have is you have these two transcendent figures that could still both work. Now, Brock obviously can work. The Rock looked sluggish at times in his returns, but I Uh, think he could still work enough that you can make it a viable match. I mean, the only reason that I didn't put it is because we've seen it, and I was trying to think of things we hadn't seen. But we've never seen this iteration of it. Right, When we saw it, it was two wrestling stars. Correct. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, The Rock was not a movie star. Brock had never accomplished what he accomplished in the UFC. Correct. 
Now we're talking. It's almost yes. you can almost make it so that that never happened. Yes. No. Absolutely. And they would. They would never bring up the past. Right. Um, Although that was a very significant moment. It was. It was. It was the Brock Lesnar. It was moment. the coming of Brock Lesnar. Absolutely. Yes. And maybe you do revisit that with the yeah. Rock. Like you know what I mean. Like you know th- that's the reason why he's interested in this is that that he's still not gotten over the fact that in that big moment. He passed the torch to Brock. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, but I wouldn't even think that you would say it that way. Right, You right, would right. say that, you know. He got squashed by Brock. He did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that That's that, that was. that was. People forget, like, as big as the squash. You know, obviously the Cena match was a bigger squash match, but this was very it was, similar. It was pretty dominant. No yeah. doubt about that. So I think it would, it would all just set up far too well, and it would be the biggest blockbuster you could ever have at a uh, WrestleMania at this point. Um. Like I said, I went completely off the okay. board with it. I, I I got a little goofy with this. All right. This is a match I could see happening down the line. I think would be somewhat compelling for this type of match. It's The Rock. He's going up against Celebrity here. So this is a Celebrity match here against Vin Diesel. Uh, you know, it's so funny. I nearly put it on my list. Yeah. I, I damn near put I, that on my list. I, I think that would be I, I you could I think that would be man, great. Man, I had this great idea. When I do some of my fantasy booking, cause sometimes like when I'm in the shower, I'll fantasy book. I'm yeah. not even kidding. I'm a nerd. Yeah. Um, I had an idea this year that you you could really get someone over as a heel, whoever it was, Seth maybe, yeah. by having them make fun of Paul Walker, like do a thing oh. where like that you know that yeah. that you brought the Rock back, and then ha- what about like the Rock and Vin Diesel tagging against Seth and you know? And so sort- I'd rather see them in the ring against each other. I, I hear you, but you can't credibly build to me why it is that Vin Diesel should be able to beat The Rock because in a wrestling match. Yeah, but not in a wrestling <laughs> I match. I know. My, my thought being that if The Rock, you know, if it was if it was Seth and you want to turn Dean heel, whatever right. you want to do there, and then The Rock, you know, said, "Hey, I'll take on a guy that's not a wrestler as my tag partner because he's Vin Diesel. He's a, he's a badass, right? And, and, and I'm going to be like, training him. Oh, and, and you had something credible behind yeah. it. You can give the the, pro, the proceeds to Paul Walker's charity. Yeah." Like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, that would have been amazing. Yeah. And it would have made them such I mean, unbelievable Vin, heels. And, and Vin Diesel, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I If it. he wasn't a huge ac- action star, he'd be in the WWE. Yeah, probably, right. I mean, he's probably, built yeah, for he's, it. He's, he's insane, made, no doubt. He's, just physically and, and his charisma is just off the charts. I just always thought that would be something that. Like, it, it would be fun. It would be a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, it would be a lot of fun. I agree with you. All right, well, that's good. I enjoyed that. All right, thanks to uh, Adam Cole for joining us this week. Appreciate him hopping on with us and. Again, make sure you check out uh, Ring of Honor and their return to Baltimore on July 24th. Thanks always to WrestleCrates. Man, we love WrestleCrate. You've you got to go check them out, uh, WrestleCrate.com. And anyone you know that's a pro wrestling fan, this makes a great gift. It's a tremendous – because it just keeps coming. It's every month you get one of these. And it starts at just $15 a month, even less, because you can use our code JOSENTME. And you can get 10% off. Again, go to WrestleCrate.com and find them on Twitter at WrestleCrates. Aaron Oster, you are on Twitter where? VA Oster. And what's coming up at Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone? Oh, all sorts of things. I'm going to kind of – I'm going to start a weekly column for Tough Enough, which is kind of looking at who who, sh- who looked the best, who looked the worst, kind of maybe power ranking them. So that will be on the Baltimore Sun. And as I said, got the Jay Lethal interview coming up for Rolling Stone. I got a couple other – Interesting interviews in the works, so they'll probably not be out before the next time we speak. So I'll, I'll talk more about that later. All right, very good. Um, I can be found at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, glennclarkradio.com. I talk about sports, mostly sports in the Baltimore, eh, D.C. area, and I encourage you to give me a follow. And as always, you can email the show 
at uh, jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. Any questions, any ideas, any things, topics you'd just like us to address, jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. Anything? We good? Wonderful. For Aaron, I'm Glenn. This has been Jobbing Out.